Before we begin this episode, we would like to send our deepest condolences to Adam Comrie and his family. Adam was a staple in the Virginia hockey community, grew up playing in the area, Stonebridge High School graduate. He's out of Ashburn area, and he passed away, you know, last weekend in a, a horrific accident. You know, at, it, it's a tough loss for the hockey community here in our area, here in the DMV. Adam was, you know, a role model to young kids growing up. I mean, anytime a kid out of this area can make that to that next level, uh, a lot of kids look up to him and the guy that comes back and, you know, puts his time and effort into everything. And, you know, he, he, he played professional American ice hockey starting in 2010. Uh, most recently was pursuing a European career and played two seasons with Austrian based Klagenfurt athletic sports club, but it's a tough situation. It's tough to lose a member of our community. So we send out our deepest condolences uh, and prayers to his family. These are the Stanley Cup champions cheering for us. Obi could beat the fuck out of Wayne Gretzky. Could you break Wayne Gretzky's record? Because he's 24! The smoke blinds and sweat 40s before I go out for warmies. We got like half dressed and then last for and we're just going nuts. We're in the locker room by then. We're just going absolutely bananas. What it do, DMV? It is episode 70 of Chirpin' DMV. It's a little off the whim late night recording here on a Monday evening uh, around 11 o'clock. What's up, AB? Haven't seen you in a bit. How was your weekend? Pretty busy? Yeah, it was pretty busy. I, um, I was in a wedding this weekend on Saturday. Congrats to Andrew and Amanda now Garner. Yes, sir. Uh, very fun weekend. We had the rehearsal dinner on Friday. So I was busy on Friday and then stayed up in Baltimore. Or no, rehearsal dinner Thursday, sorry. Um, I was like, we were watching the Caps-Philly game uh, – at the rehearsal on a Thursday, so uh, didn't have a great seat at the TV, so couldn't like really watch like, the game. That's yeah. the game you wanted to miss, anyway. Yeah. Um, Friday went out to Baltimore, hung out all day. Um, Saturday, pretty much just got after it at the wedding. I mean, dude, we were yeah. Me and B were slugging before the wedding, mm-hmm. like Jack Daniels and like. I was like up at the ceremony, like, like just like thinking to myself the entire time. I was like, I'm way too drunk to be up here right now. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. Pretty bad. Um, and then like me and Hannah, I walked out with Hannah Bryant. That's right. Yeah, that's right. How did that go? It was kind of funny. Um, like we were trying to decide what to do on our like intros or whatever. And she was like, she was like trying to talk to me. And I was like, I like looked over at Hannah. I was like, Hannah. I'm way too drunk to do anything right now. <laughs> and he, he was like, cause she was like, let's chug. Let's do this. Let's do that. I was like, dude, I no, I cannot chug in front of like millions of people or a hundred people right now. I cannot do that. Yeah. All right. Um, so she gives me smearing off these like little smearing off shooters. She's like, fill them up with water. So we're good to go. And I was like, cool. okay. <laughs> and I, what we did was since she's so much taller than me, I jumped on her back and she and I piggybacked. Nah, and, Hannah, and, Hannah's. Yeah. Oh no! It sounded that that had to be a wild scene because just that's just. <laughs> yeah, everyone was like, "There's a five foot six kid on top of a six foot one girl." What's <laughs> happening right now? Oh my god! And then we just ripped the shooters, and then that, the the two couples behind us, they were married. It was um, Andrew's sister and uh, her husband Paul. Right. They completely swapped he was wearing the dress she was wearing the suit really dude it was crazy dude it was the funniest thing i'd ever seen i was like dude you kind of rock a dress man way to go 
Yeah, that sounds um yeah, that sounds a bit nuts. Yeah, yeah, like it looks like you had a heck of a time. That's why you've been out of the show yeah. uh, for the past couple of shows. We'll get to that in a bit. We've got the recap coming up of both of those. So what we're gonna do, like you said last episode, we're gonna take the best clips from those post-game Twitter live shows. If you're not watching them, you should. Twitter live immediately following every game during these 2020 playoffs. We've also put them up on YouTube same night. So go in and watch it. Dude, the Flyers one, I put it on YouTube, randomly popped off. Nice. There's like people commenting on it, like being like, why is everybody trashing the Flyers? It's got like 80 views now. I'm just like, what? I mean, it it like randomly like popped off. A couple people are like clapping in the comments too, which is kind of nuts. Yeah, that's, that's pretty dope. That's pretty dope to hear. I hope it like keeps going. Some Flyers fan, like, ripped into us, and at the end he was like, all right, you guys are awesome. I like your content. And I was like, what? <laughs> all right. He's like, you, he's like, all you did was make excuses for why the Caps lost. I was like, what do you mean? Did you that's watch exactly. the show? I ripped – I. he's like, nobody ever gives us respect. It's only excuses as to why you lost. I was like, no, if you listen to the show, we talked about how bad we suck and how good you guys look this year. Yeah, right? Like, what, what does the guy want more? Like, it's like, yeah, we told you that we suck and you guys are good. Like, you're on a Caps post-game show and we're praising the Flyers and ripping the Caps. Like, and you're still going to clap in the comments? Yeah, I don't know. Dude, some people just don't make sense because they just, they're just looking to argue. And it's like, I'm literally giving your team all the yeah. respect. You're, you're the best team in the playoffs right now. He's by far. And, I, but, hey, yeah. if you're part of the reason why the, that YouTube video popped off, then respect it. So let's get into this real quick. It just happened tonight. It's Monday evening. You're probably listening to this Tuesday. If not, you're listening to a Wednesday because we got some other content coming into this episode, but it's not a done deal yet. We're kind of working on some things. But So the Pens, luckily, they did not win the 2020 draft lottery. The Oilers, who everybody thought would just because they always do, did not win it either. So the Rangers end up being the first pick in the NHL draft lottery. Everybody come in with that equal chance. I mean, it was the Rangers, Minnesota, Winnipeg, Nashville, Florida, Carolina, not Carolina, Carol, Carolina via Toronto and Edmonton. So could you imagine, um, you know, any of those teams? Because, like, imagine if Carolina gets – or if Ed, or Toronto would have gotten uh, Lyon Frenier or whatever, and the, or Pittsburgh or fucking Edmonton again. But it's the Rangers, and it's in the Metro. It's with Panarin. It's a year after they got Capo Caco. It's a bit of jads there. They've got some good goalies in the pipeline. It seems like the Rangers are on the up and up a lot quicker than we thought they would be. Yeah, this kind of sucks. So someone tweeted this out earlier, and it's it's literally the perfect tweet to describe what just happened. Uh-huh. It was, uh, I felt like the Rangers prematurely ended their rebuild last summer, and as a result, were set up to be just good enough to never bottom out, but not good enough to truly contend for the next four to five years. This bells them out of that scenario. They're going to be a problem now. I was like, that is the best way to put it. Because if they did not get Lafreniere, I mean, sure, they're going to be good coming up. Like, Zabinijad has, like, made a name for himself now. Uh, our, obviously, Artemi Panarin, MVP finalist. Right. Capo uh, Caco, first year in the league. So, obviously, he's going to get better. Um, Tony D'Angelo is a very young defenseman. He's going to get better. So, is Jacob Truba. He's pretty young. They just have all these, like, young guys that's, like, they're going to be good, but I don't know if they're going to be, like, it's not like they're going to be what Toronto looks like on paper, whereas, like, everyone right. else here at Toronto, even though they haven't been doing shit yet. <laughs> but just choked it again. <laughs> with, with Lefreniere in the mix now, they kind of are turning into that superstar team that the Toronto Maple Leafs are, even though it's – Again, I don't know why I keep comparing them to the Toronto Maple Leafs. They just have a lot of big names. I think that's why. Lafreniere, Capo Caco, they're going to be studs. It just it depends on how long it takes them. Because 
if you look at McKinnon and his career, sure, McKinnon's always been really, really good. Right. He really didn't, like, become that top five NHL player until I would say last year, maybe two years ago. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I mean, you, uh, he, Lafreniere is a left wing. I mean, your top three left wings are now Panarin, Kreider, and Alex Lafreniere. And, dude, <sighs> I mean, yeah, it's like – I'm looking yeah, at their lineup now. I feel like they could use a little bit of depth at center. Uh, I was but outside say, of that, it's, it's a players, good team. Players can switch roles. Like, I, I kind of – I almost kind of doubt that he's going to play left wing. I, I feel like they might put him with Panarin. Panarin I mean, and Zabinijad and bump yeah. Navich down maybe with Kako. Yeah. I mean, probably with Strom and Kreider, then maybe have Kako on that third line. I don't know, yeah, but don't they're, know. that's a good problem to have. Say they, they're going to have – yeah, they're, they're going to find spots to fill in. I think – I don't like – I think once you get to the NHL level, you don't really have to, de- like, depict, like, this guy has to be left wing, this guy has to be right wing. Some players you do, but I think their type of players that they have in their roster, I think, are young enough that they can rotate. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I it sucks because it's a Metro team, like we said, but it's not Pittsburgh. It's not, it's Toronto. not Toronto. It's not the Oilers again. Not like that would really matter. Because I, I almost – I looked at it as in a way as if I'm the Oilers and I get that number one pick. You trade it. Do I maybe trade it immediately and try to get somebody that knows how to play defense or like yeah. anything of that nature? Because you could get a good haul for obviously – that number one pick this year when you know the guy that's, you know, available. Yeah. I mean, you could, like, low-key snag, like, a Tory Krug out of it. I mean, because his uh, – I think And some. And some. Yeah, exactly. You know like, what I mean? Because I, I don't think Tory Krug is going to – I think they're tight on cast base. I'm not sure if he's going to sign with Boston or not. Although those Boston players always take discounts, so we'll see what happens there. But that's kind of off the rails right there. But, yeah, I mean, the Rangers, they're going to be good now, and it sucks. Yeah, I mean – I just think back to, like, what is it, like, 2012 and shit when we would, like, play them seemingly every – well, we lost in 2015 to them, I believe, in the playoffs too. But it was – I feel like before we got on this, like, grind of, like, playing Pittsburgh every year in the playoffs was always losing to the Rangers, like, three or four years or something. So, here's, here's the one thing I'll say about Lafreniere uh, is – or actually, for, even in that matter, like, any kind of, like, stud rookie coming up nowadays, I feel like we've gotten past the – oh, they're going to be a stud immediately out of the NHL phase. Yeah, because you know I mean? did you really hear much about Kako this year? No. Did you hear anything no. about James Hughes? No, no. Absolutely not. Uh, did you, have you heard anything about, honestly, Darlene? No. From a couple years ago? I mean, he's a, obviously Darlene's a good player, but it's not like he blew but up. But if I'm thinking like rookies, I'm still thinking like Kale McCarr and Hughes. Yeah, well, who, who Hughes, are also but... older. They're, Quinn, they're yeah. college players, so they, they're, yeah. they're a little bit older. Quinn Hughes is pretty young, but Kale McCarr, I'm pretty sure, played all four years in college. I'm not 100% sure about that, but – I want to say he played yeah, at least more than two. Yeah, so, like, if Lafreniere, like, I, I just I, – I don't see him pulling a McDavid and scoring 97 points. No, but it's just annoying because it's a young fucking lineup that can just be, like, in three yeah. years, just, like, hit a ra- one good season where it's just, right. like, bang, and then now this seems like yeah. – an issue for the next eight years that's that's exactly yeah it's going to be an issue for eight years but i don't think it'll be an issue next year yeah so yeah it, it is what it is uh they get that but um so let's get into a couple things real quick so i'll ask you something along the lines of lars eller who is you know back in toronto now we'll, we'll just cover this quickly um i saw a quote today where you know todd said because so we luckily we don't play till wednesday and uh, I believe the countdown is he's available at 10 a.m. Wednesday morning 
uh, he's quarantine free. Todd said he might not put him in the lineup. And I'm kind of thinking, like, do you not think he's, you know, game ready? Because the quote was something along the lines of that. And I'm like, he's been gone for four days. I mean, if Eller's available and can play, why would we not put him in Wednesday? Um, the only thing I would say is that he really, really likes what Boyd is doing. Other Which than that, I, I don't hate. I don't disagree with. Yeah. Um, I don't want Lars in ASAP. That's yeah. I was to say that's literally the only thing I can think of is that he's just like I like how Boyd's playing and he's earned his role. He's earned his spot there. But I don't know. I mean, that's tough. I mean, Lars. Lars is a very intricate part of this team. Uh, like he plays a like one of the more important roles in the fact that like if our superstars aren't there to show up, he usually does. Right. So uh, it is a weird move. I don't know. I don't know what he'll do. Maybe he's and he could be just saying it. Just to throw off trots. He could, because he, I mean, does he already, is he already expecting to lose the coaching battle? I'm, uh, <laughs> I, mean, I am. <laughs> like, like we could sit here and be like, who's got the better offense? Who's got better defense? Who's got better goaltending? Who wins the coaching battle? Who wants the special teams battle? If we're looking at coaching battle, <laughs> oh, 140% the Islanders. <laughs> like, come like, on. Come and- on. Tom Wilson did say uh, this is going to be a bit of a chess match, so maybe he's starting it early with saying – He is, uh, but Barry's oh. just like, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. going to be a hell of a series. I know exactly what each player does wrong and how to expose <laughs> it, so <laughs> that's what we're going to do. Yep. Right, fuck. So, oh, well. Every in and out of this fucking yep. team. Like, so, like we – yeah, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So, we got a lot of content um, in this episode with the best clips from the postgame show, but, A.B., since you missed both, I'll quickly ask you – before we break, we get into the breakdown of this Flyers game. What were your initial thoughts? I'm sure you re- went and rewatched, rewatched, sorry, Flyers and Boston. Uh, Flyers obviously shit kicked us as they did everybody else, and then Boston was a good two-one win. Yeah, um, I don't know. I didn't. I mean, obviously, I thought we kind of looked the same. I, 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 we looked like the same team from five months ago. I think that was my initial reaction after that Flyers game, and I just wasn't yeah. excited. I was like, yeah, God damn it! Like we kind of were the same way against the, in the Tampa game too, where we were losing. We fought back in it, which I mean, we all—I'm pretty sure we always did that in the regular season. Yeah, we we were always coming back, and and then we lost in a shootout, which fucking—I mean, that won't happen in the playoffs. It'll be a continuous overtime, but for sure. And Flyers, like Flyers, just have our number. I mean, I think they won like not t- nine of the last ten games against us or something in the regular Probably. season. Probably we'll something this year. That. And dude, I've I said it, I said it from day one. The Flyers are gonna be fucking good this year. Like, yeah. Kevin Hayes is, was a huge pickup for them. I think he was their best pickup. Matt Niskanen was also a very, very good pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, they just have so much fucking swagger to them, too. Yes. They like, really the goal do. they had against Tampa, where, who was it, Couturier fucking just jams that one, handed up the boards, gets it to, I can't remember who, and then they get it over. To, and then it's, like, literally just a bang-bang play, and it's in the back of the net. Yeah, and, I mean – Couturier, when when Claude Giroux isn't even your best player on your team, you're doing something right. Couturier is turned into their best player. They have these two studs and well, they have like fucking six studs on defense now. But with Sanheim and Myers, I think is their is the combo is their D combo. Yeah, Dude, that that D combo has become lethal, and we're not even talking about Ivan Provorov yet. I know it's just like, the team is nasty. They're and so they have, good, and they have Carter Hart in net with Bill uh, Brian Elliott. Like to back him up. Who I mean, shut us fucking down? <laughs> Granted, we didn't play well that game. Hopey unreal that game. Hopey was unreal. I think he was our best player through the round robin. So, last one here. Do you take much stock into us beating Boston in that last game? And how much 
again, stock do you put into the round robin as a whole? I mean, do you think playing the Islanders, I guess this goes through all of the qualifying teams outside of Philly because they played so well, but like, do you put much stock in the teams coming out of a qualifying round and coming out of a round robin round if it's going to give those, you know, teams that just won a legit series a leg up? Yeah, so I did not take much stock into our win against Boston. I don't yeah. think it looked – I mean – Except for Tom I, Wilson scoring. That was just so cliche and delicious. Yeah, I mean, again, we – yeah, it was a great goal. It was awesome. But uh, we didn't score more than two goals in a single game. Mm-hmm. That's not good. And you're probably not going to win very many playoff games if you don't score more than two goals unless Braden Holpe stands on his head literally every single game. Um, well – so sorry to cut you off real quick, but while we're on the subject of goals, uh, we mentioned on the post game show, which I'm sure you saw, it's like, yes, gritty, grinded, in the crease goals are important in the playoffs, but you need something more than that. Think of Tampa, both of them are right there in the crease. Think of Philly, Travis Boyd, right there in the crease. Think of that first goal versus Boston, TJ Oshie, our second shot, our only two Brilliant. shots in the first period, he just knocks it off a Chara stick. And yeah. then we got a Tom Wilson breakaway goal, and that's it. Which is cool that we're getting those goals. You also but you need snipers to snipe. Yeah, you need Vrana scoring on his breakaways because he's had like four of them. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, there's definitely other players that have had big opportunities to put pucks in nets. And I mean, to be quite honest, I think Kovalchuk and maybe that Philly game had a couple of opportunities. I can't really remember. Kovalchuk definitely had some opportunities to score. And uh, oh, actually, actually, I guess, I think it was against Boston because um, me and my dad were watching it and. Uh-huh. He's like, that's you. You pick him up for him to score right there. Yeah, I forget. Oh, is it the one where we went through Rask is like seven hole and then like went through the crease and hit the far post and just yeah. like got tipped out? Yeah, that's a bit. Yeah, I mean I he had, that, but he blew by the defender. Yeah, and had like like it was he it was a good scoring opportunity. He blew by the defender. He, someone made a great play up to him. It was like a nice little bump pass with him uh, on with him with speed. Yeah, and it, he just blew by the defender, and I was just like. Oh, great play. It was actually one of our very few great plays that we made in the neutral zone because our neutral zone play has been fucking awful. Yeah. And yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of Kovalchuk in the goalie by himself. I mean, I know he didn't have much of an angle, but again, that is why we picked him up to To score. We try to reignite that elite sniper in him. Yeah. So so I did not take much stock into the Boston win because one, as I said, we only scored two goals, two, Boston also doesn't look good. That so, look terrible. They look worse than us. <laughs> yeah, we we beat a bad team. Big whoop. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's and Boston, dude. I think this is kind of bullshit. Boston, like a bunch of the Boston players have come out and have been like, "Well, we haven't really played any playoff games yet. Like, I think I think the game is going to come to us once we're in like an elimination game or something like that." And I was just like, "Not nah, like." You're just that kind of was an elimination game because you know damn well everybody's being like, hmm, Islanders or Hurricanes. I know I was shit my pants if we. I didn't want to play Hurricanes at all. I, no, I, no, no, no. Yeah, like I think earlier when we were asking before all this started, we were like, what if you had to pick one series where we had to play one of those two teams? Which one will we pick? And I think we all said Islanders or Panthers, even though we didn't really want to play the Islanders. Yeah, uh-huh. but we wanted like we didn't want to play Carolina because we knew Carolina was going to win. Yeah. For some reason, uh, I, I like we didn't want to play Pittsburgh, even though they didn't win, but we thought they were going to win, so we didn't say that series. And then we were also scared of Carey Price shutting the door, even if they did win, which now, where are we at? <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is interesting. I mean, we I don't didn't know. want to play Columbus or Toronto. Yeah. 
I mean, I'll kind of leave it at this. But it's a, I saw a really fucking stupid tweet today that kind of made me feel at ease, weirdly to say. But it was like, yeah, the Capitals finished third in the East in the regular season. They finished third in the qualifying round. I mean, no better, no worse. And I was kind of like, ah, yeah, sure. I was, yeah, like, I, mean, I was like, yeah, we finished third. Tampa finished second. The only thing that flip-flopped was Philly and Boston. But, eh. but I was like, yeah, we finished third. We were already third. I was like, I kind of felt at ease about that. I was like, all right, I'm not too mad anymore, even though I'm still kind of mad how we played. But. Yeah, I was going to say, we, we definitely didn't play great. <laughs> um, one, one, and one does sound very Capitals-esque. Yeah, it's just like you got a little bit of everything. Yeah, like it was like, oh, that's pretty yeah. – pre- that was could have been predicted, honestly. I mean, I think we said we wanted to go I, – I think I predicted like probably like a 2-0-1 or 2-1. Yeah, we'll have to go back and listen. So let's leave it at that and let's get into this Philly breakdown. He has proved worth the wait. Maybe that was why he was slow in developing. Flexion. <laughs> that one squirts through for Washington. Yeah, so as you know, I did I did miss some of the game, but what I did see didn't look good. Didn't look good from our side. Uh, didn't think the Flyers looked great either, and kind of worried about our our top guys. Like we talked about last time, Ovechkin, the big stars not showing up. Thought they'd be there today. Yeah, Bob, what are you pouring there? Uh, regular beer. Regular beer. Nice. Oh hell yeah, I love I it. I believe it's a um, Duclaw. Duclaw. So Bob, but you watched the game. Tell, tell the people first, kind of your background here. You you grew up kind of a Philly guy. You've been in D.C., though. Yeah, so I uh, – Get to the game recap. By the time I was uh, old enough to start, you know, forming hockey fandom and ideas, uh, the Flyers and Caps have both collectively won zero games in back-to-back Stanley Cup finals at the hands of the Detroit Red Wings and uh, had four uncles. I'm the runt of the litter at, like, six, three and a half. Like, four uncles that are, like, six, five. You like Philadelphia. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. And then, you know, grew up going and watching the Cats at Piney and stuff. So um, I just loved hockey as a little kid. So I didn't think there was anything wrong. I was like, I love the Flyers. I love the Cats. And, like, the older I got, it's like, oh. Can't shit. do that. Yeah. Yeah. But, man, I, I'm with KP. Like, the that was, like, my initial thought. It was one of the things I, like, jotted down was, like, who stuck out to you guys and who didn't? Because nobody offensively stuck out for me for the Caps. Like, I thought maybe Willie would have a, a game after, you know, he's greasing it up and hit Provy from behind. I thought maybe the game would get a little exciting, but that didn't even do anything. No, it didn't do anything. It's, it was a stupid ass hit. Game. And, like, nothing even came from it. Like, I don't I know. That was the playoff, net, right? That like, hit. Yeah, so let's get into it. I mean, brutal fucking game, man. Three to one. Flyers get off to the 3 0 lead. We get the. I call it a bullshit goal there by Boyd. We'll get into it all at the end. But, um, I mean,. The way I see it is, yeah, the Flyers are a great team. They were playing great at the end of the season. That was a sloppy game from both teams. They obviously got the better of the opportunities. We were obviously way more fucking sloppy than they were. But it's it's a game that I don't think should have been as lopsided as it was. Both teams seemed like they were struggling. I mean, Christ, you had Provorov trip over the back of the net at some point. And, and the penalties are outrageous in these round-robbing games, man. Yeah. And even in the well, qualifying rounds. Riddle. I mean, it's... It's it's Happy it's whistle, it's man. brutal, man. Like, I mean, granted, I'm not going to say any of them like bad calls. This that or the other. There's a couple that were debatable, but it's just dumb shit by the Caps again. I mean, it's we. Yeah, have... I think the the high stick was, man. But like the hit from behind, like no shit. Like, did Kuzi mean to trip? So uh, whoever on the side, well, no, but it was a trip, right? Like, I don't think anything. I think the only penalty that was like brutal was Wilson's. But dude, there's yeah. ten combined power plays in the game. And I yeah. don't think there's 40 shots collectively from both teams. Like, that's a sleeper of a game. 
Yeah, we go over six. Oh, we go over four on the power play. Philly goes over six. They have 21 shots. We have 17. We come into the third period down two goals and about eight minutes in. We don't have a shot on that yet. It's like, what the fuck are we doing? We got to figure something out. I mean, we had four months off and then a three week training camp. And you're telling me we didn't change a single fucking thing in that so time? So I wanted to ask you something, Billman. Yeah. Like as a as a coach, as a former coach myself and you as well, like you're watching a team do the same exact breakout six times on the power play. We're not play. changing anything nothing. at all. No. And we haven't changed anything since mid-February. No. What are we doing? Like nothing. Like does that not drive you bananas? They do Why the, is it? The, the hinge, the slingshot. They do the hinge. And oh, the reason God. people do that is so that you're flat-footed at the blue line Moonshot. and they can get an entry quick. And they did it every single time. And at no point in time are they like, hey, maybe we'll jam up the neutral zone a little bit. Like, maybe so many teams do that sling, that slingshot hinge, scoop around on the power play, and just no one seems to care. Like, oh, yeah. Whatever, we'll just be flat footed going into our own I'm, zone. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's like a must win game because these are round robin. Yeah, I mean, there you go. You need a better power play zone entrance and then dump and chase. We can't do that. We don't know what we're doing when it comes to anything. Like the power play is struggling bad. At least the PK is looking good. We'll take that. The PKs look good over these past couple games but man it's been fucking tough dude like todd you gotta do literally anything you're down 2-0 you're down 2-0 going into the third period you, you would like some points because here here's how i mean you see it down there on the bottom right of the screen it's tampa and philly at four points we're at one boston's at zero i mean granted it depends how the pins do but if we beat boston and the pins win cool we got to play carolina and probably get smoked in six fucking games by then we're not beating carolina i don't think if the pins lose and Boston screws around and beats us. We got to play Carolina anyway. You know what I mean? So that, I, I think the goal is Carolina is definitely the hottest Montreal, team in hockey. What if Montreal pulls it out and you're going against Carey Price? Like, I'm not so much worried about Well, we Montreal. can't at this point. We can't at yeah. this point because we can't get the first seed. But it's, oh, that's true. That's true. We're playing, we're playing we're either Toronto, Columbus. I, I don't know. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? But, yeah, it's not a hot start. I mean, Tampa and Philly are playing for first place out a couple of days and we're playing Boston to see who can actually win a single game and all of this. So, I mean, let's get into it. Let's get into some of these goals. Let's start breaking it down a bit here. Uh, Lawton gets Philly on the board first. Uh, one of two for him. Let's see. Lawton opens up the lead. This is it. So let's get into it here. Uh, and let me start by saying this, cause it's been the thing. Well, let me start with this. Gudis. I know. Brutal. I saw that coming from fucking brutal, but. This is our third show, and all three shows I've complained about the same thing. Our defense behind the net with the puck on their sticks, fucking brutal. How does that not get fixed? How does that not get changed? So Gudis here, look at this. Oh, he's clear. Whoop! Give it right to Kevin Hayes, who's had one of the best seasons of any player in the league this year. I mean, the guy is just so good. Uh, he gets it right out. Look at that. Boom. One, two. That's a classic chill goal. Bang. We get absolutely embarrassed on that one. I mean, Bob, let's start with you. What's your breakdown on that so, goal? Uh, if, if you rewind it also, one thing that I noticed that the Caps aren't doing, like they're struggling breaking the puck down. Stop right here. Backstrom sitting still here. Wide open. That's a puck wide watching. open pass. Puck watching. Oh, oh, she's at the blue line there about. Well, yeah, but I mean, so Backstrom's fine there. Like these guys don't. Philly did it a couple times, I noticed. Edmonton likes doing it. But bump to your center there. Like, you, you're not passing it through anybody. You can throw it to Basham. There's nobody on him. And then Gudis just slams one, tries to jam it through somebody. Right. Like, yeah. But that's also t- – from from where Gudis is situated right here, I, I see that being a tough pass. But Basham's got a stick on the ice looking for it, ready for the pass. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I just feel like it's – Gudis boom. shouldn't be allowed to make a pass in the defensive zone on his <laughs> back end. That's number one right there. If, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, Jesus so fucking Christ. Thing. Don't like let him make backhand passes. That's day one stuff, KP, right? Like, you're in the D zone. Get off. Yeah, just a careless little flick with the Get backhand. Backhand. Boom. I mean, so he's, he's got his head up. He's looking. I mean, that's a pass that, I mean, if anything, flick it up around the, up on the glass. You know what I mean? Just jammed it right to his skates there. And then, boom. Yeah, he didn't use the board. So he could have indirected it. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then back action, by the time he turns around, it's whoop. And then, like, yeah, hey, like here we go. Good. So I don't blame Basham on this at all. It's a great yeah. turnover, but yeah, like, and then the he kind theme of is oldie. like the theme is like why are they trying to force passes? I don't think there was a single like clean breakout. Yeah, so connect me to Lawton right there. So Lawton gets his first. That's it makes it a one nothing game. And at that point, I'm kind of looking at it like, ah, this could be bad because the way we were playing, as soon as Philly got that first goal, it's like I don't see us scoring a goal or even two this game. Luckily, we got oh, that bounce. KP, you got a beer? No. Wait, what are you doing? I'm chilling. All right. Fine. <laughs> Whatever. It's even Thursday, man. So let's get into the second one here. I believe it was Sanheim. Let's get after it. So, again, we're, we're in our own zone here. We're hemmed in. It's a four-on-four, which should have been a fucking power play because the Caps, let's get into it. Like we said, stupid penalties all game. This this one was Philly took a penalty. Uh Kuzi or Kuzi took a penalty first. Philly takes one, so we should have come out with like a minute and forty second power play. I think it would have been at least somewhere around there because I want to say they took a penalty with twenty three seconds left. So, but is this they, the hook on Hags? Yeah, the hook on Hags. I believe it might have been, but I mean, here's your guy. Hayes, boom, just embarrassing. Whoop, whoop. Dish, easy. So luck watching, luck watching again. Here we go. We'll start it. Hayes just making a move, making a move. Who we got over there? Sigenthaler starts to drop back, but who's up there, Chase? I mean, Dylan, Willie. Dylan's up there. Dylan and Willie are right next to each Willie's other. Willie's back's turned to the play. Kuzi's kind of just like, oh, what's that's happening Kuzi's here? Kuzi's up here, kind of confused on what the hell's even going on, and boom, it's two to nothing in a flash for Philly. Well, I'm glad you replayed that because I was ready to shit all over Wilson. I thought he had a garbage game, but uh, that's uh, you. What do you you learn that in like friggin' pee wee hockey? If you're four on four, what do you play? <laughs> right, just man up. Man on man. Man up. Boom. Yeah. Kuz's guy goes sneaking in the back, and then Holtz gets left out to dry. And Hope he's the guy who had a hell of a game today, I thought. He saved countless two-on-ones for us. I mean, Hope he stood on his head. It was an incredible game by him. And there's two caps. He got left out like, to dry, left out to dry there. I like two caps today. Holtz and then any guesses at the other one? Boyd or anybody on the fourth line? Dylan. I thought yeah. Dylan had a good game. Yeah, Dylan's out. He was Something pushing, like- you know, he was pressuring, he was getting gritty. Like he was. I feel like he was the only one that was like, "Hey guys, like you know, at least again, the games don't don't mean anything technically, but don't you want to have something clicking or some sort of momentum?" Like, I don't know. I, I think Dylan had a good game. I hope they re-sign him. Uh, I think they're gonna. I think they are. I think they're gonna have to get creative. They're gonna, they're gonna work gonna on it. Him. They're gonna work on it. They're but gonna work he's, on it. Yeah, you'd hope. He, I mean, in a game, you look at his stats off the the sheet. He what eighteen saves. Yeah, eighteen to twenty one. That stat, the stat line doesn't read well for him, but he kept him in it way longer than they should have been, right? Like that—that that was a hefty 18 save performance. <laughs> yeah, it was—it was a tough one. So two nothing Philly, uh, midway through the third here, and they pretty much step on the throat on us. And it's again, it's fucking, God, it's fucking with the puck here. We get it on our stick, whoop, just a quick, and it's a turnover. If you want to even call it that, Philly sets up. That that was the same, the same line by, by that, by that Stephen Dude, start that, start that turnover again. 
Just oh, yeah, and I wanted to say on the last goal, it was Siegenthaler reaching. He was reaching for Hayes the whole time. He just had to stick out, reaching, 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 too far away from him. And then here's another stupid turnover he does. That line he, is so good. That is, I believe it's the Konechny Lawton Hayes line. That's yeah. such a good line. I mean, come on, just Hayes sitting just sitting there, sitting there. Who's in the middle well, of the ice there? again. Kuzi staring. But granted, I mean, Orlov's behind the net. He's watching his guy. But where that go to that turnover? That started the whole thing. dollars up at the boards. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make yeah. the same point. So stop. So they don't even have possession of the puck yet. Yeah. I mean, they barely Kuzi's, do get possession. Blowing out of the zone. Oh yeah, Kuzi's out of there. He's looking for a breakaway. He's going. He's looking at Wilson, being like, "Yo, buddy, two on one. Let's get going." Talking about on the Backstrom goal, like make the fucking five foot pass. If Kuzi's in his spot where he should be in the middle of the ice and not blowing the zone, like I just. That that shit as a like I said as a former coach, Billman, does making the force pass not drive you fucking bananas? And Kyle, uh, like, and that's what yeah, happened I mean, in the last game. The Lars Eller force we, passed. We weren't we weren't studs by any means, KP, but we played juniors. Like if you made a pass like that, are you not getting splinters in your ass? Like, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I just think it's careless by Siegenthaler. He just kind of gets the puck line. and he knows what he's doing before he even does it. He knows so he's on doing this to his backhand and just trying yeah. to flick it out You're of the right. zone. You're right, but on this pause, Siegenthaler's in a shit spot. He's going to throw it up the wall. He's got no pressure on the wall. Kuzi's skates are on the fucking blue line. Like, that's just sloppy. Yeah, very sloppy. Sitting around, sitting around. Well, puck watching, puck watching, just – well, Here don't you, you think Siegenthaler gives his player too much room? He's just like reaching because his Kuz, stick Kuz space right here. Keeps his eyes on Hayes. Keeps his eyes on Hayes. Nobody's looking at Wilson, who's the right wing, who could be in this area right here at the top of the circle, is still coming yeah. back into the zone. And all, all, and then, all Kuz he has to do is have a stick in the passing lane. But he's staring. He's looking. He's like making eye contact with Hazy there. And it's, whoop, how are you? Three nothing. So there's that. I mean, it. it, it Obviously, no Carlson hurts again. Uh, it's tough not having him in the lineup. No Eller hurts. He went home for the birth of his second child. So, no Eller. He's such a critical part on that third line. I mean, not that the third line's getting torched here because we're watching Kuznetsov pretty much get scored on every goal. But Yeah. Kuzi, Gudis, and Sieg's out there every time. Yeah. And, like, how does Todd not realize, like, every time Kempney and Gudis have been together throughout the season and now in this round-robin postseason, they're absolutely terrible together. But it's, hey. Yeah, it, it, it broke, don't fix it. Well, it's broken, and we're not fixing it. So what's, what's if, say, Carlson's out for this next game and you don't want to play Carolina, the Cavs just have to get a point? Faye Harvey. You... Sick Gudis. I don't care. Sick Gudis. put in who? Faye Harvey. We, we want yeah, a Marty Martin? party. Yeah, we or want a Marty party. Marty party, baby. I, yeah, I mean, he's got to be better than Gudis at this point. You guys were talking about it um, during the break on one of the episodes. I don't remember which one it was, but, I mean, at this point – all the Caps have to do is get a point in regulation. You've got no mm-hmm. Lars, uh, no Johnny. Throw in McMichael. Who gives a shit? Right? Is he going to play not? in the actual playoffs? I want to see him. No. Is he going to play in the actual playoffs? No, but is he going to play? Like, this game, they were in the box a million times. Like, you've got no flow, no rhythm. He's going to get, like, four minutes of ice time anyway. Why do not? Something. Do something. Why not? They're not gonna though. As much they're as not, I'd want to see that, love that they're not gonna. They're not. They're gonna. 100%, <laughs> no right, KP. They're not gonna. So let's get into the last one here. Boyd scores. I, I he stepped in. I thought he played very well for Eller. You saw Boyd a couple times, kind of. With obviously, it probably played into the fact that we had a hundred fucking penalties and couldn't get anything going and couldn't keep lines consistent. But you saw Boyd kind of play on every little every line a little bit at some point. I mean, obviously, he played that third line center role here for Lars. But let's get into it. It's 
it's a tip. It's not a beautiful goal by any means. But, hey, if you're down three, you start getting pucks on the net, which we finally started doing at the end of the third period. Look what happens. Boom. Pucks on that. That's how we scored both goals well, last a, game. That's a drawn-up play. If you watch the rotation right off the draw, you see Boyd slide around there. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Like, it's a greasy goal, but that's exactly well, like – That's how we're scoring all of our goals, from the yeah, crease. Haglin like, immediately opens up. Go to the net. Yeah, Hags immediately opens up off the faceoff, win or lose, throws it in, and Boyd's there. He gets a nice tip and ruins Elliott's shutout. And you think Philly's just kind of like looking at the caps like, you know what, these guys suck. We've had their number all year. Let's put in Elliott so Carter Hart could get the next game because we don't need Carter Hart to win this game because we're going to beat him regardless. I love the Elliott play, again, because, again, these games like don't mean a ton. But like, right. if the Caps play the Flyers eventually, it's going to be way down the road. You haven't seen Carter Hart play a game against you in – four months like i do like that move by ab to be like nah you don't need to see heart yeah you're good yeah you don't need to see heart you're good we're gonna put in elliot and we'll go from there so but there it I is did, i did really like that that face off i that was something that like uh i was kind of in charge of when i was coaching was face offs i love looking at little nerdy shit like that like i think the, maybe the average fan doesn't notice like yeah yeah these guys in the nhl they go into the face offs and those wings are shifting the center knows where he's going like it's not just all right, let's try and win it back and get a shot. Like Boyd did a really good job following through, wrapping through there. Um, and I mean, I don't want to discredit him. It wasn't ugly goal, but he was doing the right things the whole time and it, it paid off. So, I mean, maybe that's, uh, that's a silver lining. You got a shit game, ugly game. You get someone like Boyd in there, maybe bumps his, uh, his, uh, I don't know, his, his self-esteem up a bit. Like he's a spot yeah. player here and there, but mm-hmm. I think that's, you're comfortable with him if something happens. We're yeah. comfortable with him coming in if something were to happen. He did his job. He does and a little thing, reward. right? And, and speaking yeah, of yeah. St- stuff happening, is we almost saw Koozie go down. I mean, obviously it didn't look like that bad of a hit, but anytime somebody lands on a leg like that, it's automatically well, gut-wrenching. You're like, how oh many times God. have you seen it already? This the Raffle, um, uh, Shifley? Like, just- well, the hits that don't look like anything, like the Jake, the, the Muzzin. He just yeah. kind of falls, and everybody's like, oh, he just kind of fell. And then, no, it's like the guy gets stretched off for 45 minutes. Well, thank God you saw him right away. It was moving. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. good. So let's let's get cap. let's get to the next part here. Let's get Stack Guy Blake in here. Let's start. Let's let's get his thoughts on everything. I mean, Blake, another tough game. Worse than the last game, I'd say. I'll be right back, boys. Let's get your overall thoughts on everything. Uh, so – the, the penalties are absolutely what killed it. It didn't just it didn't just put us at a disadvantage. It completely disrupted our five on five play. At five on five, we actually pretty much outplayed them. Uh, we outshot them. Uh, we had more scoring chances than them. But because it was so broken up by the uh, by the penalties, we didn't really get any real opportunities other than I'd say chronic breakaway. It was. It was pretty rough to watch. So penalties, penalties, man. That just and, and I don't want to see Goodis again. I do not want to see Goodis again. I'm glad you're with us on that. Yeah, man. How about that trade? Everyone, I think initially the Caps were like, "All right, cool, we got rid of it's Nick. even." Yeah, this, that, and the other. It's like, no, it's not. Well, because Caps space more than anything, right? So the, I mean, the way you look at it, you gotta you gotta think of it this way. I mean, Blake, I agree with you there, but I think. I'll take it a step further. You don't want to see Gudas in the lineup again. I don't want to see Gudas in a Caps jersey ever again. He's done after the Ever. 
He's here to do two things, hit and block shots, and he's not hitting. He's not hitting at all. He's just turning the puck over and then blocking the shots that are created by his turnovers. Yeah. Throw in Alexia. Throw in Farivar. I don't want to see Gudis again. Yeah. I don't don't know if you missed that, Blake, but I I proposed that idea. So sit Gudis down, say Johnny's out, who do we want to see? And and, uh, Bill said Marty Party. Marty Party all day, baby. I would love to see Alexia too. That's a big body, big shot. And another Russian. Yeah, why we need more Russians. So let's get let's get into this part of the show here. Let's go through our players of the game. I think we're all picking from a batch of maybe three fucking guys, if that. So uh, we'll start with you, Blake, since you just got in. Who's your cap cap player of the game? My caps player of the game. Uh good gosh. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll go with Boyd. He got the only goal of the game and he, yeah. he looked pretty solid. He didn't take any stupid penalties. I mean, Haglin played a really good game, but he took a stupid penalty. You, you he, can look at anybody. He, he took a stupid court. penalty, but I would say Hayes kind of sold that one-handed hook. So I, I think he did also. But if there was, he was already guarded. He was one-on-one with somebody. Like there, like mm-hmm. there was Haglin, no reason. There's yeah. no reason to take it. Like that, and, and you know they're calling this game. But like, like I, I agree. I think the refs are calling this game like unnecessarily tight. But you know that at this point. And you're a professional, and you can adjust your game to be like, well, all right, maybe I should do the extra stick thing. And you know I, you know what? Called, I think. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, you know you're going to get called if your stick is up in his hands, and you know it's just a bad. So anybody that I would have picked other than Boyd took a stupid penalty. So I think the the thing about the officiating right now, at least, is they can always loosen up. You can't start loose and then tighten up, you know? Yeah, yeah. You can start tight and loosen up. Hopefully, when we're actually playing the actual uh, playoffs, that's the case. But goodness gracious, like, I don't need to see Edmonton on seven power plays a game. No. So, game over. No. KP, player of the game, you got one? Yeah, I'm going to go with Ilya Kovachuk. He, uh, he was out there for the goal. Didn't uh-huh. have any penalty minutes. Uh, he had six hits. I mean, I, I think he didn't really fuck up much. He didn't do anything stupid. I think he's playing solid third Keyboard, line. He didn't and, screw up, so he's in consideration. Yeah, I mean, I, I got a guy uh, that I hate for uh, worst worst game ever, but who? I got him going with Ilya Kovachuk. I'm going Todd Reardon for worst game ever, man. I'm tired <laughs> of the shit. The penalty minutes are awful. You can't win a game with 14 penalty minutes. You're never going to do that, So, especially against a good team like Philly like this. So, I mean, he's got to change something. He's got to discipline this guy. He's got to change something on the power play like Bobby was talking about. You're being a coach. you got to change something, switch something up. It's obviously not working. Welcome to the show, Any You're a little late, bud. We're so, 20 minutes in. Did anyone else notice um, Dmitry Orlov played almost a half an hour of hockey tonight? It was a minus two. And I hate plus minus. I hate plus minus because, like, what was it? Eric Carlson, like six years ago, was the worst plus minus player in the league. But and like, obviously, the, the Corsi yeah. system. You're going to hold that against him? Yeah, but, but Orloff playing 28 minutes. Is that a bit much for someone that is not? I, I don't know. I'm not in love with Orloff. I think he's someone that Seattle eventually snags. Well, you got to think he's Ooh, kind of our I'll number one. Go ahead, Blake. Well, I actually think he had a really good season this year. I, I, I don't think he had a great night tonight, but like, yes, I'm with I think you. He had a really good season. I think he's really, I, I really love the way he's picked up his defensive play in the last year, year and a half or so. He went from, you know, he's score love and he turns the puck over and, and he does these things. 
But, you know, he's been a really solid stay-at-home defenseman, which is good because the only other one that we have is Siegenthaler. Uh, I mean, Dudas is a stay-at-home defenseman, but he's more stay-at-home than defenseman. So I've been happy with Orlov, and I think in lieu of a Carlson, you got to have a guy that you can go to for, you know, almost 30 minutes. And I think that guy can – you can only go with Orlov in the absence of Carlson. So I'm not mad about that decision. I just wish – I wish he had played with the forward lines more. I wish he had done, you know. You can't get no rhythm. Dude, there was no rhythm at all. The whole second period, they're in the box. Like, I don't know. Was Ovi on the ice at all in the second period? Has he done anything the last two games? That's the question. I mean, he's hit 15 people in the first 30 seconds of today's game. I mean, yeah, but besides the hits, like, watching him these past two games, like, if I ISO cam and watch him for, like, I watched him for the second period, just kind of when he was on the ice, I'm not watching the puck, I'm watching O. It's like lackluster. Just kind of going through the motions, and it's like he gets the puck on a stick, he'll do something. But it's he's exactly wants the game to come to him, and it's just not gonna. I think my player of the game is Dilly. I mean, he did have a trip, but I think he was the only one really like pushing intensity. Yeah, like he was at least mixing it up. Like if you're down in a game like that, you need someone to get the juices flowing a little bit. uh, I love Brennan Dillon. I like I said before you I jump. Him. Like, yeah. I think they need to do everything they can to re-sign him. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I also said Holpe only at 18 saves, but yeah, I'm I'd gonna go with Holpe. I'd say about half of them were pretty big saves. This this <laughs> depressing moonshine, Chug is gonna go to Holpe, <laughs> but because. He 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 won that game without Hopi playing as well as he did. That's easily a five or six to one game, is it not? I mean, how, is... how many three on two on ones did they have? They had a couple three on ones, but the two on ones with the split saves were incredible. Some of those saves he made kept us in that game when it was still two to nothing, one to nothing, and the Philly was just buzzing up. And it's like bang, they threw one right over Orlov, the one that went over Orlov, and they had it on the back door there, and he makes a split. And it looked like from the slow mo, he saved it with his nuts too, but the intelligence. Oh, that- the intelligence as he's sliding to bring that glove around to try to smack that puck out of the way was just – I thought Hopi would play great, and Hopi's going to have to be our guy. If we're going to make a run for this, obviously we can't be taking penalties. Obviously there's a lot of stuff that factors into it, but he's one guy that's going to need to step up and make a big make a big uh, impact if we're going to get out of the first round, which doesn't look likely right now. <laughs> In all, all reality, unless something drastic happens, this is Holpe's last go with the Caps, and if they play like they did today, that's that's pretty depressing. Yeah. Any, I've also, seen. Also, next I've time seen... I'm on here, we got to get a beer counter up in like the top left. I'm on three here. Oh my <laughs> God, you're hammering through them, bro. That's what you said. You told me to when we talked today. You said get the juices flowing and. Yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta get, you gotta bring That's your A game because we don't, we don't script this, we don't plan anything. We hop on Insta li- or Twitter live, and it's right to the muck. But um, something I got real quick. Uh, so we're talking about the top guys not really performing. Let's just talk about the top two lines. You think we should switch anything up going into this third game? I don't hate it. Why not? 100%. Why not? I mean, give us a different look. Before will we Todd do that though? Playoff. I've, all right, let's start. Let's start with that, Blake. What's your ideal top six? What well, What would your top six going into this Boston be? What's your line one? What's your line circle, two? Circle back to me, Coach. I gotta grab another one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I I see the thing is is. I'd keep the basic six, but I'd be more flexible with it. I'd, I'd recognize – I'd be more willing to recognize moments like right after we give up the second goal and and stuff like that and take advantage of we need to score 
just put a pure offensive line at the top line. Put Ovi, Kovalchuk, Kuzma, or or Kovi, Vrana or Kovi. Put one of them on the top line with Ovi. Just go basically pull the goalie without pulling the goalie, and put two pure offense guys out there and just get something going. You know, you don't worry about giving up shots at that point. Like two nothing. If you're down two nothing to the Flyers, you might as well just go for it because you're not gonna. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what is, I, I hate to say that I agree with Walker, but I agreed with him a shit ton today. He said that Philly, with a two-goal lead going into the third, hasn't lost a game all year. So you can't just wait. Like, like what are you waiting for? Like, I you mean, said it also, KP, like, waiting for the game to come to you. Like, this game essentially doesn't mean anything. You're playing not to play Carolina. Like, well, yeah, at, yeah. The, at this point, if the Pens win, we're playing. At this point, we have to play either the Pens or Carolina. To be honest, I'd rather play the Pens. I think if we, the Pens are the worst team, and I say that respectively because Carolina is so fucking good. But so good. I think All playing the Pens in the first round would get the juices going in the caps a bit, get them up on the right game. But I'll go next on this. I think a top six, like you said, we haven't. Well, I don't think we've played a good playoff game since game five of the Vegas series. If you think about it, last year, we, yeah, we lost in Game Seven, but we got outplayed yeah. in five of the seven games. We got outplayed in five of the seven games and went to Game Seven. I like, I like going Ovi, Kuzi, Kovalchuk, and I say you put Kovalchuk, Kovalchuk up there because let's do it for the Boston game where it's it's not meaningless, but we know we're playing in the playoffs. We know we can try to win a seven game series, a best of seven series. We got to get the the biggest thing is our fourth line's playing great. Fourth line is fantastic. I thought they were they were by far the best line today. They got the most scoring chances of any line. But I look at it like this. Our third line has to produce. Our third line has to play well. And I thought they have played well. But the third line is going to go from here to here if Kovalchuk's scoring goals. You know what I mean? So if you get Kovalchuk up with Ovi and Kuzi and he gets a – if he scores a goal in this Boston game and he starts to feel himself a little bit, then we can put him back on that third line get the third line going. But yeah, and then I say you put those three up on that first line. You go, I don't know. You maybe go, because I kind of want to put Wilson down on the third line to just make it a completely shut down line. I'm with Tags with, with speed, Lars is yep. a two-way center, and then Wilson just banging bodies, shutting everything down. But that leaves your second line untouched, and they haven't done shit either, to be fair. Backstrom has been kind of non-existent. Oshie hasn't done anything. Verona played well today. He played very well, but he's had two breakaways in two games and can't score. You got to score or something. Come on, you're Jacob Rana. Score a goal on a breakaway. Yeah. Do something. I like those. I like those lines a lot, Coach. Uh, I kind of want to spin off them because I'm kind of similar. But one thing I want to do in the middle is I want to drop Kuzi down to the second line, move Backstrom up to the first. Kuzi goes down and tries to generate some offense with Rana. Get Rana going uh, with their two speed and how fast they are with the game. I think that'd be well. TJ Oshie uh, in front of the net, kind of getting the yeah. rebounds and stuff with those two would be awesome. Keep Wilson down on the third line, like you're saying. That line's sick. And then put Kovey up at the first line, but have Backstrom there because Ovechkin and Kovalchuk, kind of a defensive liability. You add Backstrom to that line, it kind of kind of bounces it out a little better. All right, I like what you said because we did just break down three Flyers goals and two of them were with Kuzi. It was pretty much at fault, it seemed like. And, right. and <laughs> all year long, I, I, was, I was looking at, at every kind of heat map, at every kind of like – with with or without you statistic, Ovi and Kuzi were just not meshing well together this year at all. Any time that any every minute that Ovechkin played without Backstrom, he was terrible. He was a minus player. 
He was giving up all kinds of shot attempts. He wasn't taking shot attempts. He wasn't generating them. All of his offense was generated with Backstrom on the ice. So why would we why would we give that up? Well, thanks for queuing me up there, Blake, because I was just going to say, <laughs> who has been the best line mate in Alexander Ovechkin's career? Nicholas Backstrom. Backstrom. Nicholas Backstrom. So I'm with you. Shake it up. Put those two back together. And if it means putting I, – I wouldn't hate to see Oshi on that line. Wouldn't hate it. I want to see a line that has Hags and Vrana together, though, and just get some freaking speed. That would the be boards are, will just be up and down. Get just some speed. Just, at the very yeah. least, games games that Vrana or Haglin don't necessarily have a good stat sheet, what they do is they push the defense off the fucking blue line. You at least get yeah. some easier zone entries when you've got people generating so much speed. So I want a line – the the my my question is who to put in the middle. Maybe that's just Eller, a, two way, baby. Eller, just Eller let him make when Eller, he comes Vrana, back. When Hagler. he comes back, I'm fine with that. But I want to see a, a wing combination of Hags and Vrana, and it just backs people off. You're playing the Bruins; they're not a fast team, particularly right. Like Charles slow, uh, Krug and McAvoy are quick, but other than that, their D isn't overly fast. Their forwards aren't overly fast. If you're looking to shake things up drastically, I say you put together a track team of a second line, and at the very least, you're creating space. So you've got skill guys like Kuzi and Vrana, and Hags is pretty much just speed, right? Like, at this point in his career, he's just fast as shit. If you've got those two guys buzzing through the neutral zone, they're pushing the D back, they're making the back checkers make decisions and catching up. Like, I don't, I'm not saying that I could do Tom Reardon's job. But I could do Todd Reardon's job. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying I could but do Todd Reardon's job, it. but think I feel it. like I could what do a other, better job. What other one-two punch in the last decade of the NHL? Make a single fucking change. That's where I'm coming from. Make a yeah. single mid-game change. Well, look at, Don't look wait till after the game. Look at the Blackhawks. Shit's not, shit's not going well. All right, we're going to throw Kane and Taze out there together. Oilers. All right, we need a goal. We're going to put Dreisaitl and McDavid, McDavid together. together. Yeah. We we need something. We uh well the face you're making now is the face Todd makes every time they switch to him on the bench because he's just so fucking dumbfounded. He's like, huh? He looks like he looks like Kevin Malone on the office. He's skinny Kevin. (laughs) Go ahead, KP, what you were saying. I don't know if we're gonna get I don't know if you're gonna be able to get Todd on after this, but he looks like skinny Kevin Malone after he spills the chili everywhere. I'm not trying to get Todd on after this. (laughs) I mean, I would love to have Todd on. I mean, Uncle Todd, if you're if you're on this Twitter live, call in. I mean shit for the brand. Carlson, we need to talk. Viewers usually, but you but, see Carlson uh, rocking his uh, chicklets. Uh, his chicklets co-branded. I did, and that's yeah, why I was yeah, a little yeah. conflicted putting my name on here. I don't want people to think that I'm ripping off of the bar stool, but I've been the Bobcat forever, man. Yeah, Bobcat's been the Bobcat. Forever. So K- not, K- not Dan Katz. I'm the Bobcat. Yeah. So KP, you're going on on something. Go ahead, finish your thought there. Yeah, I lost it. So that's oh, fine because I had the guy. Yeah, I, I just had that. Every time I can jump in with Todd or something. Oh yeah, Todd sucks. I can do a better job than Todd. You can do a better job than Todd. Blake can do a better job than job. (laughs) Speed guys. I I will be honest though. I mean, we're talking about changing up the lines and everything. I'd much rather him change something with the power play systems than change the lines because I can't go over four. Yeah, you can't. I mean, in the playoffs, they're do or die. If you get a power play, you can win games solely off power play. 
It took him nine straight failed. It took him nine straight failed power plays between last game and today to actually do something meaningful. Other than, I mean, I guess he had to slide Kempney into this into the Carlson slot, but to do anything like meaningful that wasn't just his hand being forced, it took nine straight failed power plays to finally, you know what? Screw it. Let's not put Kuzi in. Let's see what Vrana can do. Let's see yeah, what he can do. And Vrana got a beautiful one timer off on a pass from Ovi. It's the highest level of hockey on earth. And you've got a coach that fails to adjust. Yeah. In, in game adjustments is yes. huge. Get the words out of my mouth. Like, I, that's exactly it. Like, you see things, adjust them. Like, I understand that. You're in a bubble, but you're telling me you don't have guys breaking. You got iPads on the fucking bench, and you can't tell me that yeah. you're not watching them just jam the neutral zone and the power play break in. Andrew, are you saying that because of the sick Jeremy Roenick jersey behind Bobcat there? That's a signed Roenick jersey. Hawks signed Roenick oh. jersey right there. Yeah, That's Andrew, signed, big Chicago signed, guy. Signed a Ruzioni jersey. Game big supporter size. of the show. We're pull, I'm pulling for the Hawks for my guy, Andrew, here, so – but um, yeah, I, I the, the 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 key word that both of you have said is in-game adjustments. It's not that fucking hard. Switch you it up. Try something especially new. A meaningless game. It's a game that isn't an elimination game. Just just play around with it. Who cares? Yeah. You're already out three goals. Do something. <laughs> the Hurricanes are playing around with it, and they got a two-goal lead on the series. Like, hey, fuck it, we're gonna throw in another goal and see what happens. Like, whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, just how big is a win gonna be to our confidence? It's well, going to be but, huge. They haven't they haven't won a game since what February maybe March. Great point. Great point, KP. Like I get the feel of a, of a W on the on the stat sheet are meaningless. But like, what if Ovi just tees one up on the PP and fucking blasts one by the ear hole? You don't think yeah. he's going to be feeling it? Like, right. well, I, I hope he steps up and does literally anything next game. Like, because like I said, he's been so lackluster. We've already had one dog. Let's do the second dog. You got a game ah. game viewer? No, we got look, we got a little deli in here. Get out of here, you little man. First game. Hey, come here. But um, yeah, I, I agree. So let's get into this. Let's start. The, let's end the sh- let's end the show with this. Uh, let let's talk about that next game, the Boston game. Do we still play Holpe, or do we give? Because uh, like I said, Todd wanted to give Vitek a chance, but I kind of want to win. You know, I want to win going into the playoffs. I want to because we're coming out of this game against a team that's going to had just won a playoff series, and we're going to go in zero and three. How's that going, going against for us? The, the President's Cup winners. Yeah. So, like, what are we going to do? So, Blake, let's start with you. What should we do in the goal next game, and how are we going to beat the Bruins? Who have not looked good. Vitek. They've looked bad too. I want to see Vitek. I I really genuinely do not want to go into the playoffs for the backup goalie who has never played a single minute of meaningful NHL hockey in his career. I don't trust it. I, I want him to get some minutes. I want him to start. I want him to face the, you know, the president's, the president's trophies winners who are not playing like president's trophy winners. I think this pretty is high power offense. Yeah. I think this is a perfect, I, I think this is the perfect opportunity to get him some minutes against a team that's not playing very hot but that is good, get him some confidence, get him something. Because, like, if if something goes wrong with Holpe in this, you know, in the seven-game series, I don't want somebody who's never touched the ice in a meaningful game. Not going I don't it. trust it. I just did the same thing, KP. So, no, I completely agree. I agree. 
it just depends on you got to. I think you got to gauge the locker room at this point. Like, are yeah. guys pissed off? Are they frustrated? Like, and honestly, I ask Colts. Yeah, if you're yeah are they pissed off or frustrated? Because every time I look at the Caps Instagram, they're putting up videos from practice of the Caps just doing shootouts and acting like fucking fools. Like, hey, maybe practice the power play. <laughs> maybe yeah. try to break it out. We're back for all the penalties. Well, what killed me in the regular season is pretty much all they actually do. They do these like rush drills and then they immediately go to the power play. And our power play is the worst in the league. Like, yeah. what is happening at practice in the regular season that we still have a terrible power play if that's all we're doing? He just sees Uncle Todd sees him score goals in practice, like working on well, the power play. Yeah, we're good. Here's you the thing. Here's the, it, my, the last thing I'll say on this, and then we'll get KP and Bobcat's thoughts on how we'll beat Boston and what we should do next game and then win the show here because we don't want to go over like. We don't go too long, but I can do this forever. The, the thing, the thing, the thing is, it's how do you look at our power play with Kuznetsov, Backstrom, TJ Oshie, John Carlson, who's a potential Norris winner, and Alex Ovechkin, the greatest goal scorer of all time. And they can't score of all time. Quote they that. can't score. And then you look at the Oilers power play. It's got McDavid and Drysaddle. Yes, but Alex fucking Chason <laughs> is. Skates full, skates the entire fucking entirety. Stanley Cup champion Alex Chase on, thank you. Stanley Cup champion Alex Chase on, skates the entire fucking two minutes on the number one power play in the league, and they score at a 50% clip, it seems like. Well, you know what the difference is, Coach? Riddle me that. You know what the difference is? The Oilers move the puck quickly, and they're not forcing passes when they're not there. If you're on a power play and you have to force a pass, somebody's fucking open. There's one less... There's one their less play. player on the ice. Yeah. yeah. Why are you forcing passes? Yeah. Yep. Well, you're there talking about moving passes. Pass. They they move bodies like crazy too. Everybody yeah. can play. Well, yeah. Every you position. saw it the other night, KP. You talking We're about very stagnant it's power play. Out to the neutral zone. Yep. Yeah. Like yeah. You it, an average speed. fan might not notice that, but McDavid goes out to the neutral zone, gets a full head of steam, and gets pegged on the back door with a full head yeah. of steam. Like Ovi, don't move him. Someone else has got to move though. Like you gotta right. create, you have to make Agreed, the penalty yeah. killers make a mistake, right? Like if you stay in a diamond the whole time and fade Ovi, you're good on a Caps power play. That's probably every coach's game plan in the NHL. Is like, well, diamond if they rotate to a, a umbrella up top, diamond up, put a little more pressure on Ovi's side. Just move, make the right. killers have to make a decision. If you move one guy. If you got the guy on the backside come to the middle, that backside D-man has to make a decision. Is he going to cover Oshi? Is he going to cover Bastion? Like, they're just stationary. Yeah. And if they're not moving, it's not going to open anything up. So, real quick, KP, Bobcat. We'll start with you, KP, then Bobcat second. What's the biggest change that needs to be made to beat Boston? A breakout uh, for me. Don't you go ahead, KP. Yeah, I just think it's, it's, it's going to be – scoring i mean you got to generate something you got to get some confidence going in to the playoffs they're going to go into a best of seven series they got to score some goals i think the biggest guy's got to wake up um but i also want to say i think todd needs to make some in-game adjustments he needs to show that he can make an in-game adjustment against boston like yeah. something little even yeah. if it's a line change if it's something with setting up a trap in the neutral zone, whatever, whatever anything, he's got to show that he's gonna yeah. he's gonna start to do something behind the bench. Yeah, to build off that real quick, KP, I I agree with you. Granted, our last three goals and the last two games have been greasy goals, and you need those greasy goals to win in the playoffs. But you can't rely on them. You need right. Verona game five against Vegas sniping one top shelf. You need Ob producing. You need this, that, and the other. So Bobcat, off to you. Um, 
I think the breakout, man, the breakout, the breakout, the breakout. Like, also, maybe it's tough to gauge against Philly because they're the best face-off team in the league. But it's the only time in a hockey game where you have a even opportunity for the puck, right? Like, it's the only time there's a line of scrimmage, like football. Like, it's yeah. the only time you've got a clean chance to gain possession of the puck without it being a broken play or play on the wall. So I'm going to two-part it. I'm going to say face-offs and the breakout, right? Like, if you're in your D zone and you're getting spanked on every face-off, you're not going to have a good breakout. Like, the center, we talked about Kuzi flying the zone early. Gudis making a dumbass pass into right into Kevin Hayes' feet. Like, he saw the orange jersey and was like, oh, shit, right on. Wait, but, is that my teammate still? Yeah, right? Like, and he wasn't even his teammate. That's why I said orange yeah, jersey. that's the problem. Yeah. I think they, they're just forcing too much. Like, if shit's not going right, yeah. instead of trying to complicate it, just dumb it the fuck down. Switch up your lines. Yeah. Play responsibly in the defensive zone. And make a fucking six-foot pass. You don't need to make the 30-foot pass every time. Yeah. So, Blake, last thing here. What's the What do we need to change to beat Boston? And give me a legit score prediction versus Boston. Are we finishing third or fourth? You tell me. I think we're finishing third just because Boston's been so bad. And I, I think I think the boys are gonna get a bit of an earful. They're, they're probably getting that earful right now as we're as we're you know talking crap. I, I think they're probably getting an earful right now about how they need to focus up. I I just don't see us, you know I don't see us playing as bad as we did today. I think we're probably going to play better than we did on Monday, even though it wasn't a terrible game. I think the biggest thing we need to do, like you said, breakouts. We we need puck management across all 200 feet of the ice. We need to stop making passes in our own zone. We need to stop throwing it in front of the net carelessly. We need Gudis to make sure he's actually passing it to a guy wearing the well, same Hopefully player. he's not playing, Blake. <laughs> hopefully he's watching. Uh, hopefully not, but but – if he is, I need him to pass to guys wearing the same color jersey as him. Yeah. Yeah. I need everybody to do that. Mm-hmm. I need I need in the offensive zone. I yeah. need to stop just just the random like, oh I, I see a sliver of a guy. I'm gonna stop. Think a second. You got yeah, there's four of their guys and five yeah. of your guys. You have time. Yeah. Just look. Look for the open guy. Take a second, bounce it off the boards, do something. Don't just don't just throw it to the first place your brain comes up with. Is that the uh, Honda keys of the game there, Blake? That is the Honda keys of the game. <laughs> no, 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 no. We Love don't it. have a sponsor yet. We don't have a sponsor no, yet. We're no working on ads. a sponsor. We're working on a post-game live sponsor. I've got, I've, I'm going to talk with somebody. So I'm going to end the show with this because we're at 46 too. minutes. We're, we're getting going. So let me end the show with this. Two tweets real quick, but before I get to these two tweets to end it, guys, we appreciate you tuning in always. This post-game show has been fun. I don't know how long it's going to last the way the Caps are playing, so we're going to take advantage of every post-game show we get here. But So we thank you for tuning in. We thank you for your comments. We thank you for listening, and we thank you for following. Good. So Samantha Pell from the Washington Post, she just tweeted out Oshi after the game. Oshi, quote-unquote, said, we are still looking for that extra gear that we all know we have, and you know it is good that we get these games. And Some of these, I think, mistakes are not playing with the right mentality. No, we're not playing with the right mentality. We're playing like we're in a fucking exhibition tournament waiting to get into the playoffs, which is exactly what's happening. J.J. Reagan tweets, Kuznetsov took three shifts in the third period. We all thought it was because of his injury, but it sounds like if Reardon was not pleased. Reardon, quote-unquote, after that said, how we break down ice time and use certain guys, we're going with who's playing the best at the time. We need a different level of play. 
and we know we have it. It is not a secret. We have a different level of play. We need to get to it. And if we want to have success. When the puck is up for grabs in a face-off circle, it's the wingers that get it done. And how big was the five-hole that Brian Elliott left open there? The width of a puck. Lawton will send it back around the other way. Five seconds remaining. Capitals on it. They can't do anything with it. They finally fling it all the way down. But the horn sounds. And the Flyers take a 3-1. All right, before we break down this Boston game, I say we quickly do this, A.B., because this is our – I mean, obviously we're doing – well, we might go to two episodes a week here. It depends how much time we got and how much shit's going on in the league. But let's do this. Let's just kind of run through these series and kind of make quick reaction picks. I mean, uh, we'll start in the West, and then we'll finish in the East. So let's start with the 1-8 matchup, Vegas versus Chicago. Give me your quick thoughts and your prediction on how that's, who will win that series and in how many games. Um, I got Vegas. I got, have probably Vegas in six. Uh, yeah. Vegas looks like the best team in the West. That's all. Like, that's that's – Simply all I can say about him. Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of cool that Chicago won that matchup. I really did think McDavid could take that over, but he just—I mm-hmm. mean, ah, that's he—he's got to be so mad, dude. Like him and Jack Eichel have got to be the most pissed that off team. They, that team sucks. They're not that good. No, they're, they're and really I can't—I—I I, want to go back and listen to one of our episodes, like maybe probably three or four weeks ago, where I was like, I don't know, Chicago's like low-key got the veterans, and with this time off, they might do the whole, like, well, we've all won cups together and win a fucking series. But then, like, I, that's the series, one of the series I was most interested in. And I was like, well, those really aren't that good. They really yeah. aren't. And you know what's funny is, like, after I think after the first or second night, like, McDavid obviously had a highlight real goal. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm pretty sure I tweeted this out. And I was just like, the Edmonton Oilers are, are a team – you don't want to fuck with. Yeah. They could make a run on this cup and then they don't even make they don't even make the qualifier. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, ah, that sucks. So you're going Vegas in that one? Yeah, I'm definitely going Vegas still. Like, How many games? Know, again, uh six games, I think. I mean yeah. again, like you said, like Chicago Chicago, they're they're good, but um I mean and they got the they got the right goaltending in Crawford. I think Crawford kind of uh, stood on his head in that last game. Yeah. To, to help them win that game. But um, I don't know. Vegas just looked really fucking good in in these qualifiers. I mean, they they went undefeated, right? And Colorado yeah, yeah. looked really good too. Colorado so looks so good. Yeah, and and Vegas beat Colorado, so for sure. So I'll go Vegas in five. Uh, they're just way too good. Yeah, and I think that Magic's gonna run out here in a second uh, for Chicago. But yeah, I say Vegas five, especially because Robin Leonard tweeted like awkward with the eyes emoji, which is kind of funny. Because oh. Chicago was literally sellers. They didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. They were sellers and dumped them yeah. to Vegas. And it's just like, oh, got to play them in the playoffs now. You know so, what's wild is that Chicago is the youngest team in the playoffs. Even though they have all these they, yeah, they Yeah. They're, but, like, the graphic I think the other day showed them as the fourth most playoff games by a team. Like, in like on the roster. Yeah. <laughs> but just because yeah, of they, they, those three cup runs and yet they're the youngest team like that's yeah. that's so wild i mean they do have some young studs coming up kirby doc is an, is nasty so is that kid kubalik or kubalik or whatever his name is yeah yeah He's so good very good so, we'll see what happens there very good so colorado arizona the two versus seven matchup like i like you mentioned colorado looks so good i watched a lot of their games they look great arizona also did they didn't look bad i thought they played well darcy kemper is a fucking He's a brick wall back there, but I'm still going Colorado. But I'll go Colorado in six on this one. Yeah, um, I've, well, I got, I think I got Colorado in five. Honestly, I think Colorado is just like they have no one to contain McKinnon. They have uh, Miko Ranton, and they have 
dude, Kale McCarr. So good. So good on defense. Andre Burakovsky, like the games I've watched, like he looked very good. Yeah, he looks fast. I'm he like, looks like fuck. He's skating in open ice. You guys like, are getting a consistently good Burakovsky. That must be awesome. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> like Burakovsky's game just didn't fit with us. Like no. it really didn't. Like we don't play a fast. Well, he's a top six forward too, and he just yeah. was never going to get it here. Yeah. So I mean, I Kyle out is really good. I don't think. I mean, the Yotes did play really well, but I don't know if they're deep enough down the center. Uh, and they're still giving up 50 shots a game to Nashville. You think, what do you think that's going to happen? You think the same thing's not going to happen with Colorado? Yeah, I mean, and and McKinnon's going to score. like A lot. Nashville, Nashville can't find goal scorers. McKinnon's right there and Ranton, honestly. I mean, Landis uh, Gog, beast too. Everyone quietly forgets about Landis Gog that he's on that team. Mm-hmm. He's nasty. While this is on my mind real quick before we jump to Dallas Calgary, the funny thing I tweet I saw the other day too was like Panarin, Bobrovsky, and Duchesne are all out of the playoffs while Columbus is moving on still. Oh, my God. That is hilarious, dude. <laughs> and so. what I saw was like the top three uh, – the top line for the Toronto Maple Leafs, they, they get paid like $33 million a season. Yeah, yeah. And – all of Columbus's forwards combined get paid $33 million yeah. a season. Yeah. Like, so, that's ridiculous. Yep. So, this is a quick one. Dallas-Calgary. I, I, I can't say I watched much of Dallas over the, or over the qualifying round. I feel like I watched mostly every game, but for some reason I just wasn't watching Dallas games. Calgary, obviously, they did what they should have done, beat a Shifley list and Line A list, uh, Winnipeg Jets team. Yep. Dallas-Calgary, probably the least interesting series to me out of the West here. I'll go Dallas and seven, just, just to say fuck it. Um. So I saw a couple of Dallas games. Uh, they looked all right. Sagan set out the last one. I know that. Yeah, they they just they didn't look like they were into it, and I don't know. Like I, I kind of think it's hard for teams to be able to pick up intensity immediately, right. like immediately, because that's what I was kind of bashing about Boston about, like. Like, yeah, you can say, like, oh, we're just not taking these games as serious as we should. But, yeah, like, once – like, you also can't just pick it up like you should either. You, like, yeah, you can't just pick it up on a whim. Right. Like, there's very few players that can just pick up the intensity. And those are really, like, basically just the superstars of the NHL that can do that. I don't think te- – I don't think full teams are able to do that. No. So, uh, I, I have Calgary in six in this one. Okay. I think Calgary was playing with intensity in that, obviously. Uh, and they, they – I don't want to say dominated, but, I mean, they kept it, They kept Winnipeg under control pretty much. And, I don't know, they have they have the right great players on their team to be able to kind of beat them around, too. They got Milan Lucic, who, you mm-hmm. know, he's not – maybe not a great skill player, but, I mean, he can bang bodies out there. They, they got Matt Kachuk, who's already getting under people. Yeah. I mean, he – And scoring goals. Yeah, and he's scoring goals. I mean, and Johnny Goudreau, I think, is he's played great. Sean Monaghan's played pretty good. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I've got Calgary in this one. Bang. So, last one here, St. Louis versus Vancouver. St. Louis winless. They go from the first seed to the fourth seed. Them and Boston were both first in their conferences. Both were in the cup last year, as we know. Both get the fourth seed. Vancouver, I think my favorite team in the West, honestly. I love these guys. Um, I I like the way they played. Even checking gambling or, like, betting lines the entire – qualifying round they were they were the they were the uh, underdogs in every game i'm like how to minnesota like vancouver i feel like the lineup's just too good but i think st louis will click it on i think it's gonna be a little tougher than they think and i'll go st louis in seven on this one 
Um, I got – I definitely have St. Louis. I don't know how many – I'm probably going to say six. I keep saying six. Um, but, yeah, I think I'm going to go St. Louis in six here. Um, just because they – yeah, they went 0-3. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure every single game was really, really close and, like, was a hard-fought game. Like, they uh-huh. should have won, won that Dallas Stars game. Well, yeah, they were up with, like, one nothing with 30 seconds left. Yeah, and they took Colorado to overtime. Uh-huh. Um, I, I kind of forget what happened in their Vegas game, but I don't know. I thought they Weren't looked... they – is that the game Vegas was down, like, 4-1 and came back and won 6-4? Or who did Vegas do that to? I couldn't remember if it was them or the Stars. That might have been Dallas. I think that would have been Dallas, actually. Yeah, I thought it was the Stars. So – I don't. I've I've got St. Louis here in six. Um, Bang! Just because I, I mean, you're right. Vancouver's very good, but I don't. I I mean, after what they did last year, after what the Blues did last year, I think they kind of just they kind of just feel like a playoff team. Um, yeah. Like Ryan O'Reilly kind of leading them the, uh, there, and Tarasenko's back. Uh, you still got Colton Pareko back there, and um, Petrangelo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it it depends on what Jordan Bennington shows up. If the yeah, good that's true too. Up, uh, then I think Vancouver is very very screwed. If if it's shaky Bennington, then right. Vancouver has a shot in seven. But right, I got St. Louis here. Perfect. So let's head it over to the East. Let's go Philly Montreal first. Philly, like we said, looks like the most dominant team by far in these playoffs. We're playing Montreal, who just upset the shit out of the Penguins. It was awesome to see Carey Price on his A game. I think he'll put up a fight, but I got Philly in six still. I also. I would love to see this upset, though. I would love it. I would love it. Yeah, this. I I'll be honest. I like. I think Montreal could do this. Liter like might be able to upset any other team except for Philly. Uh, I think I I got Philly in. I, I might say five, just because they look so dominant, mm-hmm. and I don't know. What I like, I don't. I, you just can't name anyone on, on the Canadians that can control, Couturier, Giroux, Voracek, and then line Konechny, two. Hayes, Konechny, Hayes, and Sanheim, Scott Lawton. Lawton. I mean, Scott Lawton's going off for him. Yeah, he's buzzing, um, motherfucker. So, yeah, I, I think I've got. I think I got Flyers in five here. The only way I think we win the cup is if Philly and Carolina get eliminated before we have to play either of them. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, <laughs> like they do look like the two best teams in this. Yeah, yeah. This so let's go to it. Rematch from last year: the epic, the memorable, the sweep. Uh, Columbus, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Headman looks like he's done. We haven't seen Stamkos yet, and it's a Tampa Bay team that fifty-fifty uh, wise, you're thinking it's either a hey come back, let's prove we're actually a really good fucking team, and last year was a fluke, or it's like. Shit, this is a Columbus team that looks as good, if not better, than last year. And we're down our Norris candidate defenseman, and we haven't seen our captain on the ice yet. So, I, I, this is 50-50, to be completely honest. I think it's 50-50, but I will go Tampa in seven. Uh, I couldn't agree more that it's very 50-50. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you on Tampa. I'm, gonna, I'm going Columbus in this series, dude. Okay. Like, if – well, it actually – it all depends on Victor Hedman. If Victor Hedman's out, yeah, I'm picking Columbus, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think a team can win without that perennial, like, Norris Trophy winner defense or defenseman. Right. And Victor Hedman's their guy. Who's their next guy in line? Sergachev? Yes. Chat, McDonough? I mean, 
those are all great names, but I don't think they it's can. It's not carry Victor Hedman. Yeah, it's not Victor Hedman. Um, Ryan McDonough, I think, has lost a step a little bit. He's still a great shutdown defenseman, but like, I don't really know how good he is with the puck. I'm not. I, I mean, I, I don't watch his game that closely. I know Sergachev is a nice, smooth skater, and he can control the puck as well. Um, and we know we know about Shattenkirk. He can make some plays too. But I just, I don't think they have anyone else that can shut people down like Victor Hedman does and do right. what he does on offense as well. Right. Um, and if Stamkos is still not playing, I mean, that kind of – that takes away two whole power play, like, uh, threats. Does it not? I mean, Stamkos and Hedman out of that's, your – That's three – that's two of your five. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's us losing Ovechkin and Carlson. Yeah, it's, that's awful. Like, <laughs> I mean, and we've seen how bad – I mean, it already was bad before – our power play was bad before Carlson was gone yeah. out. But, like, it even got worse. With Orlov is pretty bad up there. For sure. Yeah, so, um, but, yeah, I got, I got Columbus in seven here. Thanks. So, let's go to this one. Then we'll finish with the Caps. Boston, Carolina. Boston hasn't looked that great. A rematch of last year's Eastern Conference Finals sweep uh, that propelled Boston to the Cup. Carolina, a good team. I, again, think this goes seven. <laughs> I think it's a seven-game series, and I, again, think it's so 50-50. Would I be surprised if Boston won in, like, five or six? No, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Carolina won in five or six. But for the sake of it, I'll say – Oh, I don't want Carolina to win, so I'll say Boston in seven. Um, I think Carolina's going to give them a little more of a fight this year. I think I'm disagreeing with you again. I think Carolina's going to win it, dude. I, okay. I, I that's think, why I, like, I have no idea. I just don't want Carolina to win it. I think Carolina is, has been the second-best team probably in these playoffs. Yeah. Um, that, I, that is – they were playing against the Rangers, so – I mean, no disrespect to the Rangers, but like, yeah. I don't know. Like, they just they didn't show up. They really didn't. So, um, but I still think that's has something to do with Carolina just completely being a dominating team and using all four lines. Um, Boston, I, I some of their players were saying before this, like, like they match up well against Carolina, and I think they they did pretty well against them in the regular season. Sure, that's great. Playoffs are completely different. We've no, we've found that out multiple times um I th- and i think carolina like dude sveshnikov aho terra line is rolling right now i mean boston, cl- so boston claims that they have the best line in in the nhl which but they, they didn't did. do nothing yeah they didn't do shit and dude aho and service have had eight points in three games yeah like they're ridiculous so and some kind of highlight real goals at that you know yeah dude they're they're so good they're so fast and and they play hard they like they're hard against the boards they're hard on the forecheck they're just they're kind of pesky um they they play like the canadians played against the penguins but they yeah. have more skill yes so much more skill so <laughs> and they the carolina they kind of play similar to columbus too in that fact where they just play hard and they're pesky and they're always on top of you so right yeah, I, I just yeah i got i got carolina in this i think boston is just really sleeping on those round robin games. I think they were just like, I, I think I they're gonna go into the series. As Melberry likes to say on TV, they were pussyfooting around, baby. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> dropping pussyfooting on that. <laughs> yeah, I got I got Carolina in six. Yeah, let's take it. So last one here, Caps Islanders. I won't give it the whole. Yeah, where the Caps were sick. I won't give it the whole. It's a, it's playoffs. It is. Let's go. Um, I think realistically, we'll get out of this in six. 
I think we'll turn it up a bit. I think we'll be all right. Uh, Barry's going to give us a fight. I think all of these games are going to be two to one games, three to two games, three to one wins. We're not going to blow them out at all, but I think we'll settle in and we'll, we'll get a good six game win here. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, would I be I, shocked if we lost in seven? No, but I was going to say, I wouldn't be shocked if we lost <laughs> in six too. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I, I guess I'll, yeah. I'll go Caps and Six as well, My, mainly because I did just say earlier that we haven't scored more than two goals in a game. Mm-hmm. But a Trots team – We don't need to do that. Well, yeah, that's all we really need to win games here. Yeah, like a lot of these games, you're right, are going to go two to one or three to two. It's so, going to have to be get on the board first and get on the board early. Yeah, which we haven't been doing yet. But we did <laughs> – I, we did do it in the regular season a lot, I kind of thought. Well, first, beginning of the season, we were on the board early a lot. Hat, last half, we were getting scored on early a lot. Yeah. So, so. Hopefully we get out of that. But, but, yeah, like you said, it's going to be low-scoring affair all the way through. I think Holpe oh, shows up. I think uh-huh. uh, I think if we want to win the Stanley Cup this year, I think Holpe has to be the Consmith winner. I don't I disagree. Because I, I, I think – Him or Kuzi? I, I – I, I and Kuzi really hasn't shown that much. I mean, he's he hasn't at all. But <laughs> okay with the puck on his stick when he doesn't have the puck on his stick, he does not look like he's played well at all. Um, right. so I so. think I, I, I think the only way we win this Stanley Cup is if Holpe's 950 save percentage and a 1.7 goals against average. A lot of shutouts, a lot of one goal games, a lot of two goal games. We can't have him like randomly getting torched every third or fourth game. Yeah, it's just not going to work. Absolutely. So. Yeah, we won't go too crazy in the series. What we're trying to do, we're trying to get a little preview breakdown show with an Islanders podcast. We're talking to two or three of them here. So we'll, what we'll try to do is probably drop that Monday morning. It'll be like a nice little 20 – or not Monday morning, fuck me. Wednesday morning, it'll be a nice little like 20, 30-minute segment. Just a game day, get the juices flowing, get the juices pumping. But we'll end the episode here, or we'll end it with the Boston preview. But as for me and A.B. in the episode itself, we'll end it here. Uh, so, A.B., Wednesday, 3 o'clock. Looking forward to it. You'll be in Florida by then. You'll be a resident. So we're going to see what happens, I guess. And it's, it's playoff hockey. And then, like I said, join us live. Chirpin game show. I'm, I'm sure you'll be back by then. Hopefully, maybe we'll get some internet, maybe get a computer set up down there. And we'll have you back. And it, it's been fun. Uh, thanks again to everybody following the Twitter live show, watch, re-watching on YouTube, doing whatever. We've had over 800 viewers in just the three round robin shows alone on, on Twitter and YouTube. So we appreciate all that. Uh, AB, you got anything? No, that's it. Are we, are we having Bobby on Wednesday again? I want to I shoot the shit with Bobby a little bit. I do enjoy Bobby. Bobcat's been good, so we'll, we'll work on getting Bob back. And, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a fun dude. He crushed, like, six beers. I told him for the Flyers game, I was like, hey, man, uh, beers are, aren't only recommended, but they're required. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll be ready. And then, like, throughout the show, like, we got, like, five, I got, like, through the intro, and he was like, I got to go get a third. Hold on. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, I was – I actually went back and rewatched that. And he's – I mean – he was slamming him. I guess I got to start slamming him with him. Absolutely crushing him. So I liked what he said. I, uh, he said he's working on a – he said we should get a little beer counter graphic up top. So see who can, like, crush the, the most beers per episode or post-game show or whatever we want to do. But we'll end it at that, guys. Boston preview – or Boston recap next. Probably a breakdown uh, Wednesday morning. Hopefully we'll get it out to you. But, yeah, that's all I got. A.B., enjoy your drive today if you're listening tomorrow for us. And, yeah. That's, I'm not going to enjoy it. It's 14 hours. <laughs> Riding around and getting it with Scott, though, it'll be a good time. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, boys, that's all we got. Peace out.
He's out. This one's peppered back into the zone. Wilson gets there first. Scores! A hustle play and then a skill play from Tom Wilson. Oh, that's a win. And we're going We got the third seed. What are you sipping on, Bob? What are we starting with? Uh, some Coors Lights today. I'm keeping her in check. Uh, meeting my first nephew today. He's coming home. So, got a Funkle Bob can't get too loose. Funkle Bob can't get too wild. I fucked up the graphic here. But you can tell we're playing the Islanders here first round. It's a little too big, but I'm going with some red wine. We're keeping it classy <laughs> today, baby. So, let me suck a little bit of this now. So, Caps beat Boston 2-1. to one. Uh, A much better game. So we officially get the three seed. We're taking on the Islanders, who have that six seed. Thank God we're getting all that at the end. Let's go over some of these pregame storylines. We thought Vitek Vanacek would get a we, we would get a start at some point. It was said he would, but it's Hopi all game, all day today, and he looked incredible. Let's start with you, Blake. Yeah, it was a great game from Hopi. The uh, the Bruins were pressing the whole game. They had uh, the majority of the shot attempts pretty much the whole time. And he was pretty much equal to the task, except for one little dribbler. So, looked pretty good. Yeah, a little bit of a bouncing puck there. But Bobcat Holtz stands on his head, I think. And, yeah, just plays well, so well that game. Yeah, I mean, if you're just looking at the stat sheet, you didn't catch the whole game. Is that a, a box? Yeah, it's a box oh, line, yeah. Yeah, um, keep going. Obviously jumps off the score sheet a little bit more than the, what, 18 saves the other night, but 28 of 29 tonight. Um, <laughs> especially that flurry there. I mean, a pretty exciting game for him. Um, I was a little concerned when you brought it up last post game that going into the actual playoffs without a goalie that's seen a minute of real NHL hockey. Yeah. So uh, knock on wood, but Holtz is hot. He's he's one of the few guys that has showed up every game. I think. Sure. So no Carlson, no Eller again. Eller is on I think day one and a half maybe of his four day quarantine. You can go to his Instagram, find out a ticker talk. Uh, he's got it up there, but um. Backstrom was a game time decision. He gets in, he plays, which is thank God. We'll get to that, but no Gudis. Marty party, baby. We put Faye Harvey in with Kempney, and I thought he played extremely well. Blake, what are your thoughts on him? He played pretty good. Uh, I did notice a couple of times when he failed to keep the puck in the zone, which was kind of frustrating. And he, he's going to and like we had uh, some pressure going on, and his him not keeping it in kind of killed it. So I, I I need him to tighten that up. But otherwise, I felt like he played a pretty good game. Yeah, for sure, Bob. Yeah, I think he uh, had a hell of a game. Um, I mean, I don't know when's the last time he's played an NHL game. <laughs> yeah. But all things considered, I think he did well. There was – it might have been the first period, but notice him jump up and actually lead a rush. Like, Carlson's not playing. You've got to get some offense from somebody on the back end. And uh, we talked about it again, call back to last episode. Orlov has kind of tightened up defensively. It isn't so streaky jumping in. But just having a, a little additional pressure up front when – up until today, the offensive lines weren't really doing much. So I liked him. I think he's going to be a little bit of a spark plug if they keep him in uh, a little bit more speed, uh, especially with a very, very, very tough defensive Islanders team. Yeah, for sure. And we'll definitely get into that. But, yeah, first shift when Faye Harvey was on the ice, the very first thing I noticed is the second he got the puck on his stick behind the net, he just fucking launched it high and off the glass. And I was like, that's what we need. You can't turn the puck over if you're flinging it out of the zone. So – Started this game, Caps didn't get their first shot on goal until 9.42 into the first period versus the Flyers. Sorry, that's the first Flyers. Today versus the Bruins, uh, they recorded their first shot on goal 9.09 into the period. So we're taking about 10 minutes to get going, and it's kind of not what you want to see, you know? Oh, yeah, no doubt. That's uh, I mean, even I think with like six minutes left in the third, they only had like five shots on net. Again, you're going against a team that 
Um, it's going to be super, super tight defensively. I was talking about it with some of my other hockey buddies, old Jojo Harding. Jojo. Um, but we're talking about who do we want to play. And part of me, obviously, wanted the Caps to win. But part of me wants the Caps to play the, the Hurricanes. But that's not going to be a thing. But um, as far as, you know, a little bit more of a rivalry and maybe more of a Kind of get game. us going. Kind of yeah, get I mean, going we got a, a team. We got a team right now that's not doing a ton offensively and going against a very, very defensive-minded trots that we're all familiar with. But I guess can't really worry about that now. Um, but it's going to be definitely going to be an interesting series. I mean, know each other very well. The coaching staff, half their coaching staff was the Caps Cup coaching staff uh, going against old goalie Varley. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. There's some storylines there. Yeah, so Blake, I mean, like we just said, it's taken us about 10 minutes each game to get fucking going and getting pucks on net, getting shots on net. And this is an Islanders team, like Bob said, it's they'll suck you up, they'll spit you out, and if they're up on nothing, it's they're going to break it down even more and make it even harder for you. And if we're struggling enough to get shots on goal against round-robin teams, then... <laughs> yeah, it's 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 tough. It's going to be tough if, if if they get that quick goal. The, the only thing I think that benefits the Caps is not going up against a young team like the Flyers or the Hurricanes because young teams tend to get hot quick. And if you, if you can't match that, then it's tough to beat them. And the Islanders are just a little bit older in this. So they're not as, they're not as quick to the start. Yeah. One little underlying thing that I was, I was nerding out on a little bit and trying to pay attention to the caps last few games, faceoffs have been brutal percentage wise and just scrolling through the list of Islanders, They've got a, a ton of guys that have great numbers in the dot. Like, again, that's just the one area that you can cleanly gain possession and try and get things going. But if they're not, if they're going to have slow starts, they need mm-hmm. to be better in the face-off circle too. I mean, mm-hmm. otherwise they're just going to be jamming pucks back and forth. It's going to be like uh, playing ping pong with the Islanders. So there was there wasn't a ton of yeah. sustained pressure. We'll see, man. It's going to be. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be a pretty series. Straight, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and Trotsy knows how exactly how to shut us down. He knows who we have, how they play, what they do best, what they do, what they don't do well, and he can shut it up. But not like like any saying right here. Not a penalty parade today. We only took two penalties, killed them both. We were perfect. It was a perfect PK throughout the round robin. So that's something you love to see. Power play over two today. I think we went like one and ten in the entire round robin, which is not great. A couple bad, a couple bad power plays in there but i think the second one today we had a lot of good puck movement especially once we got that second unit out there like we said like i said in the first episode we did we did this it's you want to fucking see kovalchuk on that right side on the second unit be very trigger happy because you know teams are going to keep shutting over down the more kovalchuk's firing the puck the better but um so we get let's get into it here i mean first period the caps get one shot on goal the entire period and then it's it's going to lead into this 8 19 77 we talked about it last episode we're going to get into it here so it's Oshi. He gets the first one. It's our second shot of the period <laughs> with like about 40 seconds left. And and it's – oh, shit. We don't need closed captioning. So Ovi wins the draw, puts one on net. And Ovi had a lot of shots on net off these set draws all day. I think he registered five in the game total. Boom. It's a puck on net. No, she just won in the battle against Char there and poking it in with 16 seconds left. Bob, we'll start with you. I think they gave that unassisted, but I, I don't think that's – Yeah, unassisted. Right. Yeah, unassisted. Yeah. I mean, the smart play, um, Orlov – just hard, low puck gets through traffic, right? Like, good things happen when you go to the net. You had three guys sitting in that home base area. They like to draw up that little trapezoid right in front. That's so just good screen or good net front presence and guys ready with their sticks down. I, that's I, we talk, we keep talking about it, but there's not going to be a ton Boom. of pretty. Win in the battle right there. Go to the net if you're in a rut. 
I mean, I don't think there's a guy in the league that has a, a more more issues staying on his feet than Oshie. I feel like he falls all over the place, but strong on a stick going against giant ass Zidane Chara and stays with it there. Yeah, for sure. Blake, thoughts on that top? I, I love I love ugly goals. They're they're my uh, they're my favorite kind of goal, and that's that's a good scrappy goal to kind of just bang Chara's stick harder than he was able to handle and knock it in. And 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 we're pounding that we're pounding it down. It's the same thing we've been hearing all, um, or same thing we've been saying the past couple games here. It's a goal that's from the crease right here. I mean, that's how we scored. That's how we scored the one against Philly. That's how we scored the two against Tampa. And it's Oshi right there on the back door. He's making a play. He he had a hell of a game, I thought for sure. I didn't but, get um, a chance to look at it. I don't know if you you pulled it up, Blake. I know you're a uh, heat map guy. <laughs> but going back to the Philly game, all of their shots were on the perimeter. Yeah. All of them on the perimeter. So you see what happens. You throw the puck to the net, get it through that first layer of traffic. You got guys there. I mean, at, at the very worst case scenario, you have an offense, another offensive zone faceoff. Just get pucks yeah. through the damn traffic. There's no yeah. such thing as a bad shot. <laughs> no, there's no such thing as a bad shot, especially if there's a guy in the crease to do it. So that is the first period there. It's a one nothing lead. It's our first lead of the round robin. And like my lights are dripping, my bad. But uh, it's the first lead of the round, Robin, and it's like, all right, we feel kind of good, but even though it's a pretty fucking bad period when you look at two shots on net and one of those counts is Oshie's poke-checking the puck into the net off Chara's stick. So, And then, like we said, so that line gets – because so Kuzi's in the box at that point, if I believe, and that forces Todd to put 8-19-77 out. It's Big O, it's Backy, it's Oshie. They get that goal, and then who's the line that starts the second period? That line. We just saw our first in-game adjustment, I think, of the entire round robin series. <laughs> no, it was forced by a penalty, and then it paid off. So I, yeah. I don't know if we can give them too much credit, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, we talked about it. I texted you even when it happened. Like, it's, yeah, we've been yeah. talking about it for four days now. Like, switch things up, right? You have the most prolific goal scorer of our generation, probably the most talented goal scorer of all time, with one of the most underrated setup men of all time he's going to be the quietest hall of famer ever nicholas baxter yeah. like put them together see what happens and look what happens and it so. also trickled down like that they what they have rana playing with willie willie started throwing the body around and they yeah, were talking Wilson, about it. rana koozie i do have a uh, penchant to listen to the radio if i'm sick of hearing uh locker um but they were talking about it again. You start actually noticing Vrana's speed today, pushing guys back. Again, the Bruins are not a super fast team. They're a very sound team, very structurally um, sound. But Willie on his goal was blowing by somebody, and Vrana's creating space just with his speed, even though I don't think he was out there for the goal. But just that trickle-down effect of uh, chemistry. Yeah. So let's get into that goal. We might as well. I mean, it's Tom Wilson, Tommy Tuckett, as Pasternak says himself, the greatest goal scorer in the NHL. Um, here we go, baby. Starts in our own zone. Hey, Harvey, whoop, get that puck out there, but it, it, it gets loose. Kempney, I thought Kempney played well today. That's a I was going to bring that up. I, I loved his game today. Boom. Right there, right over that glove hand. Tommy Tuckett, baby. Hometown of Toronto. Puts the caps up to nothing. And at this point, I'm feeling pretty good because I didn't think Boston played an overly great game. I, there was there was never any. There was a couple times I was obviously like, "Oh shit, they might get one here," but I was never worried in terms of a stretch amount of time. As in, like, hey, they've been buzzing for six, seven minutes here. They're probably going to get one, or we're probably going to take a dump penalty. We were, we were pretty, we were pretty good at snuffing out any opportunities they had. We killed any momentum, and then boom, Tom gets one here, and it gets us a nice two nothing lead. And you're feeling pretty good at that point. All starts with a simple play on the blue line, getting the puck out. Yep, and it's Kovalchuk right here. Just smack it, boom. 
and let your guy try to win a race. If, if the worst thing that happens is the puck's out of the zone and we don't have to deal with it. Exactly. That's, I mean, Kovalchuk, he saw the guy giving him pressure on the backside, walls open. Uh, yeah, worst case scenario, regroup in the neutral zone. But boom, gone. Both D snuck over to try and so you got one D on the wall, second D in the middle of the ice, sneaking over. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he really realizes Wilson's there. It's like, a, like we said, it's more of a kind of get it out and not have to worry about it. But it ends up being a good one because Tom comes in from his right wing there, somehow outskates everybody with his big self. And there we go. Yeah. Well, he's a Look fast at the touch. Guy. Look at the touch. Boom. Just flip it on in. Whoop. Didn't dust it off. Got it on his forehand. Just popped it. Right, and then it's in. It's two nothing. And I checked Boston Twitter because I like to check other teams' Twitters when we score, especially when like it's a Pasternak situation where he tweeted that thing, and everybody's like, "Tukaras is the worst goalie ever." Fuck this guy. It's like <laughs> here comes Boston again. Like everyone pinned that tweet and was just ready to ready to yeah. retweet Pasta today. Right, everybody had it pinned. Everybody had it ready. So I mean, it's two nothing. We're going to the third, and then it's the uh, Brusque. He gets one for Boston. But before we get to that, Faye Harvey, he skated for 15 minutes and 14 seconds in his postseason debut, uh, and he recorded a game-high seven hits. So that's a guy that I think should take that very next step, uh, that very next spot to be our seventh D-man right there. Blake, what are your thoughts on uh, him over Gudis now that you've seen both play? Yeah, definitely agree. He uh, he didn't have all the kinds of crazy dumb turn- turnovers we were talking about with Gudis and he obviously, you know, throwing his body around. He blocked a couple shots, which was good to see. It's what you always want to see out of a defenseman. So, great game yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. I think my only concern with him is the lack of special teams, right? So, at least Gudis, one thing he is good at is PKing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Marty had a whopping four seconds shorthanded today. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, if, if if Johnny's back, that's it all, it all comes down to Carlson. Like, Kempney, Jensen, Dylan. Um, they can all eat up PK time. Um, I mean, Sieg's can. I, I mean, I think he had a, an okay game. Um, but that's the one thing that I think uh, worries me a little bit is he has little to no special teams play. But if he's your mm-hmm. 6D man, very rarely are you relying <laughs> on your 6D man to be your one of your better killers. So that's, I think, a unique situation with Gudis. Yeah, um, I agree. But, I mean, you're playing against a team – that's not going to give you much offensively and doesn't have a super high flying offense. I think uh, Marty's the way to go here. Definitely agree. Did we lose Billman? Oh, did we? I think we did. Oh man. Well, uh, still going here. Um, I don't have controls to break down the video or anything. No, you're good. I'm just trying to fix this fucking light situation. I think my basement's haunted here. Just I had a couple notes written down. I was ready to roll. <laughs> but um, so before we get into this uh, Boston goal here, a uh, couple tweets here. So first, Samantha Pell, the Washington Post, Tom Wilson on facing the Islanders in the first round with familiar faces on the bench. He said, on quote, it might be a bit of a chess match. But we are confident in our group. We're excited for it. Uh, and then Ovi. Tarek Elbashir on beating the Bruins quote for us it was a very important to get a win to feel back in a winning mode so I think that's a big boost it's a big confidence boost and the guys are in they're locked in it's playoff time baby we're off to the we're, we're playing the Islanders it's a rematch of that 2015 series when it was kind of koozies coming out in the playoffs at least so let's 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 lastly get into this uh Boston goal and then we'll get into some other fun stuff and you know keep this Sunday fun day fucking rolling baby let's see here all right the brusque Good breakout, bump pass. We try to chip it in. Who's that, Hathaway? Yep. I respect that play by Hathaway, though. I mean, what are you I going? I mean, it's a, it's a bad bouncing puck. And, 
Yeah, it's a bad bouncing puck, and it just catch, catches Holpe off guard, and they fling it five fall. I mean, Holpe stops 30 at 31. Like you said, hell of a game. And then I kind of want to go back to this. So you see Hathaway come in here. The, the poke and turn, like that, that's intelligent because he sees Boston breaking out. He realizes that there's probably three to four Bruins on the get-go if he pinches in and misses that. So it becomes a three-on-two or a four-on-two. So smart for him to kind of keep that. But he's still able to get himself back, even if it is a turnover right there and push that guy off the yeah, puck. Even numbers And it's just, it's just jumbled up right there. And, is that Siegenthaler who yeah, got lost through his skates too? Like that's yeah. kind of that's tough to stop. No, I think that's Ray Harvey. I think that's our boy. We're just we're just no. I think originally yeah, he's received. in the bottom left. You're right. It is Siegenthaler and Ray Harvey. Yep. Boom. Siegenthaler. Yeah. I mean, it's just a tough one. It bounces a couple times. And it somehow ends up on yeah. the Brussels. He's stick. in the passing lane. He's in the right. Yeah, position. he's where he needed to be. It's a shitty bounce. Like yeah, it's just a bad bounce. Hey, I mean, man, there's not nobody's fault. Nebrusk, just like Wilson's goal. As soon as it was on his stick, it was gone. Right. Like no time to adjust. Bam. That was a hell of a play by DeBrusque. Like, can't really undersell that. Boom, yeah. You get That's that puck on your stick, you're throwing it on that. Like, Hope is just like, oh, fuck. I had no idea where that puck was. Broken just... play, trying to adjust quick before Holtby could even square himself. I mean, he was in good position already tracking the puck, but that's a, a crummy, crummy break um, for Siegenthaler there. Yeah. In the right spot, doing the right thing, just. Shitty bounce. Agreed. Yeah. So let's get yeah. So let's get into this first. We'll start with you, Blake. Player of the game. Who is your cap that kind of stuck out the most to you? Uh, I think I feel there. There's two various obvious. There's two clearly obvious answers here. I think in Oshie and Holpe. But uh, yeah. who do you got? I'm gonna go with one of the obvious. I'm gonna go with Holpe. He had a great game. Aside from again a shitty bounce, he he played great. He 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 held up through an onslaught. He they. The Bruins kind of dictated the pace of play for the most part. It was in our zone. I felt a lot, and and this the shot attempts kind of reflect that. Of they had the vast majority of them, and looking at we only had two shots in the first period. When when you're playing against a team like that, that's playing like that, it, you know you need your goalie to be on point, and he was. I agree. Um, yeah, it's it's what you want. Hopi is looking like the Hopi of 2018. And if there was one player that we're like, all right, there's one guy we need firing on all cylinders. If we're going to do something here, it's got to be Hopi. It's got to be your starting goalie. And I think that same goes for every team in this kind of situation. Whereas we're seeing a lot of these low scoring games. Uh, we're seeing a lot of unders hit. If you want to talk in the betting terms here, I think the first two days it went like 23 and two for the under, but we're seeing a lot of, and it's it goalies are coming out and saying it's easier to see because you know, this in the rink, how they have these fucking coverings, over the over the seats and the goal a lot of the goalies are saying it's 10 times easier to see the puck than when there's fans in the arena and this that and the other so that that that's obviously a good call there and hope he's our guy that i think he's fired up and ready to go so bob who, who, who do you got for a player of the game here i'm gonna go with uh oshi um again I, i'm nitpicking here but he was let's see 63 percent on the face off dot had a goal four shots um mixed it up a little bit he was all over the place um the, the goal that the first goal that he had, he won the draw there. Um, but yeah, he was just a presence. I mean, the obvious choice is Holpe, but I wanted to be different. Create mm -hmm. a little, uh, and Holpe was just around that net draft. all game. It felt like he was just around yeah. the net, he was getting opportunities. And I feel like it was time for, for someone on that top line to, to step up. And I mean, you're looking Oshi, I don't know how many of the shots they had when they were together, but between Oshi. Backstrom and um, Ovechkin, I think they were responsible for 10 shots alone. So good to get some momentum going there. Uh, again, calling back to last episode, but we needed someone on that top line to, to pop through and, and have something to be excited about moving forward. 
Yeah, I like that. I'm either going to go with Kempney or Ovi. I say Ovi because he had, what, five shots on goal? Five shots on goal, led the, led the game in shots on goal. He he just looked like he was ready to go. He looked like he was actually playing hockey. He was noticeable. Um, when Ovi's on the ice, you want to realize that Ovi's on the ice. Outside of a couple dumb turnovers, which he's been doing the entire round robin, where he tries to go one-on-three into the zone, and he does the same exact code drag, and it doesn't work. That is what it is. But Kempney himself, too, I thought he looked way more comfortable with the puck today. I thought he was a lot smoother, a lot calmer, and I was moving a lot better, getting it out, getting it deep. So take your pick between one of those. I I did like Ovi's game a lot. I was a little confused. We had 125 left, neutral zone draw, closest to the cap zone. Thinking, who's Todd going to put out there, the home team? You got last change, going against guys like Bergeron and the faceoff dot. And it was the Kuzi line. Kuzi won the draw clean. So, all right, cool, cool. That works out fine. What is it, 25, 30 seconds? Defensive zone draw. And he puts out the top line, which I have a little bit of an issue with. It's not the regular season. I love that he puts Ovi out there in the regular season, empty net all the time. We're chasing down history. But I think Uh, 30 seconds left, we're going against uh, a line that had, what, two guys crack 100 points last year? And you're going to put out the Ovi line for defensive awareness? Like, Sure, keep Oshi, keep Basham. You got two guys that can take draws, but throw somebody else out there that's a little bit more responsible in the D zone. I was a little, little curious about that situation. I agree with that. I mean, there's a logic that people would throw at you that's like, oh, it's a reward based system. If you you played a hell of a lot better game than you have been all around, Robert, so go out there and get an empty net goal. It's like, yeah. no, fuck that. We kind of want to win the game. game. Sure, we want to win the game. Three goal game, sure. One goal game. Yeah, one goal game. I would have gone with with Willie or somebody. Right. Yeah. To be fair, then we put Kuzi on the ice when we were up three to two in Game Five of the Cup. Yeah, I mean Kuzi With like thirty seconds was, left. Yeah, I was, I was a little, I wouldn't say confused. I was surprised. You know, that was something that I was, I, I noticed the clock ticking down. I was like, all right, let's see what we do defensively. But you know, Trotz is going to play as much of a chess game as he can. And the one change that we saw was uh, Fay Harvey, and then putting that nineteen eight and seventy seven back together. I think Trotz is definitely going to be a little more tactical.